But what happens if you do get exposed to a great deal of fallout? Food or water has been contaminated by the dust. Internal damage may occur. When dust has been left on skin, there will be skin burns. When you have been near dust too long, there may be radiation sickness. Exposure can even cause death. If you have had considerable exposure, you will vomit and grow weak. But after a few hours, this sensation will pass. And by the next day, you may have had the last of it. Even if you have been exposed to excessive fallout, you may eat and drink just as you normally would. But don't force yourself. Whether you have had these symptoms or not, if civil defense radio announcements have said that radiation has been high in your section, keep an eye on your condition for the next few days. Watch especially for these developments in the two weeks following exposure. Return of nausea. Sore throat. Bruise spots developing without any known reason. Loss of hair. These conditions, or nosebleed, or diarrhea, should be reported to a doctor or to the nearest first aid station set up under civil defense plans. Unless civil defense teams have warned that your area is still dangerously radioactive, you can get out and work to help yourself and help others. And don't be discouraged. Why, hello, it is, uh, stay in your home, all is well. It's four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of March of the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid State Radio. Uh, why, hello, it is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. We are here uh, in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. I think I, I sound abnormally loud. I sound just a little <laughs> bit hot. All right, let me... And there we go. That's weird, because you were... Whoa, I did so too. All right, let's go for the trifecta, Gotta Tim. Love this. How are you today? I am fine, thank you. Okay, Tim sounds perfectly normal. All right. All right. Well, everyone can use this mic then. It's uh, 503-733-2970. You want to uh, join us today, 503-733-2970. You can also uh, email if you like. It's rick at uh, rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. The best thing about that civil defense uh, video right there where the guys... Well, there's two great things. One is that he's saying, stay calm, and whatever happens, don't get discouraged. After he's lived, your intestines will liquefy. Your eyebrows will fall off of your face. You will be disowned by friends and family. Spiders will cover your body. But remain positive. But you're still an American. <laughs> you exactly. live in the greatest country in the world. <laughs> you are still a proud Yankee. The, the the other great thing in there is 
It's a largely animated film, that one. And I think it's called What to Do. I think it's like Fallout and You. Uh, and, uh, you know, What to Do in the Event of a Nuclear War. The best part is it's like a little sort of cartoon guy. that He kind of looks like a potato with eyes. And he's sort of walking around. And as there's a, you may experience cramping, diarrhea, uncontrollable nausea. And how do you symbolize diarrhea in old, or, you know, in stomach upset in old cartoons? He sort of puts his hands on his stomach and then lightning bolts appear to the side of him on either side. Which I guess is the universal symbol for ow. So there you go. Fantastic. There's another one called uh, The Atom and You. And then there's uh, a third one all about how God gave us nuclear weapons to use against communists. So uh, I might play one of those tomorrow. It's fantastic. So I bought a two-DVD set. This is Those are both from the Museum of Atomic Testing in Nevada. Excellent. Yeah. The first one is all is called C is for Communist, nothing but anti-communist films. That one is all uh, nuclear propaganda, including this one video that is narrated uh, by Ralph Bellamy. And Ralph Bellamy is sort of a character actor. He's done a lot of noir films. And then uh, he was... Uh, he was best known to my generation as um, Randolph Duke, not Mortimer Duke. He was best known as Randolph Duke in Trading Places with Dan Aykroyd and, and uh, uh, um, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Don Amici was the other Duke brother. Uh, Duke and Duke. Uh, so anyway, so it was great to hear uh, Randolph Duke narrating something about the victory over the godless Reds. It's fantastic. All right. In any event, it's uh, 503-733. Two nine seventy. If you'd like to uh, join us today, five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, uh, or the somewhere in between. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. By giving Did you me, drop your pen? Or I something? dropped my pen, and I you need to stop throwing it around. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. Okay, that's true. Well, I don't know where it went. Now it's gone. Okay, hold on. Everything has to stop while I find my pen. Don't laugh at me. A pen is missing. You may lose your pen. I wouldn't touch the ground so much. I yeah, know. but I mean, it's either it's either don't touch the ground or don't. Okay, let me ask you this. this oh, right, no. Uh, no, I'm just this is one of those little. This is what a consultant would call an everyday frustration, Sarah. This is one of the four pillars of good talk radio. Did you ever drop something and then the thing somehow bounces and lands four miles away? And you would give anything to have some sort of a like a time lapse, like a, like a slow motion video capture of the falling, because you cannot understand how, given our world and the laws of physics, the thing landed as far away as it did. I remember dropping a guitar pick one time. I don't remember what kind of floor I was on. Maybe carpeting, linoleum. I don't know. Dropping a guitar pick, and I swear to you, it ended up in Kansas. It was it was unbelievable. It was like 300 yards away, and you're sitting there going, like, what did it, did the underpants gnomes come and run off of it? How would it even have gotten there? Anyway, well now now I don't even know where the pen. Now the pen's just gone, gone from this place. We have to find it during the break. I don't even know how to proceed without my pen. If I'm not holding the pen, in okay, my right here hand, you can use my pencil. Really, it's like a proxy. Yes. I can just see people t- tuning in at 2.30 and we're still looking for the pen. <laughs> <laughs> that's three hours of looking Adventure. for And doesn't that sound exactly, doesn't that sound exactly like a thing that would be in that book you gave me about the g- golden days of radio? Yes. 
How are you, fr how Fred Corwin or somebody just spent an, <laughs> I'm gonna find you an entire day? Be Let's all look for the pen. <laughs> David Brenner spent an entire show looking for the pen on the studio floor. Do you see what I mean? It's gone. Where is the pen? That's what I'm the saying. The pen is missing. Pen. I have no pen. Now, see, there's a huge... This is the other thing you need to know about this room that we're in. I know that we're off to a blistering start today. The, this studio, there's a huge hole in the center of the studio floor. And I'm sort of reluctant to stick my hand down into it. God only knows what's down there. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's down there anyway. The pen is gone. The, how far could the, the pen, pen have gone? The pen is gone. Oh, really? Where did it go? See, how would it even have gotten there? Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that. Okay, you know that I, okay. you know that that does truly mean a lot to me. I know. All right, we can move forward now, as God intended. I knew intended. that if that pen was not found, it would just My be a distraction. Whole day was going to be ruined. All right, now we can proceed in accordance with prophecy. It's uh, five zero three seven three three two nine seven. That is strange how that pen got back there, though. That's what I'm Doesn't saying. Because sense. there's a huge wooden panel in front of it. There's a huge wooden panel, and it's a very small space that it could have gotten into. It doesn't seem. It's like at least with a quarter, you understand how it can roll. The pen doesn't make any sense at all. And I can't lose this pen. Here's why. Because uh, I have to buy more of them. And this is the only one I've got at the moment. And I haven't committed. This isn't like the old pen I used to use. I swear to God, we'll move off pens here in a second. This this isn't like the old pen I used to use, the Pilot Ultrafine Ultra V5 Sharpie. Uh, you know, because I'd used that one for 15 years and I could pick it out of a lineup. This pen, I just started using it this week. And so I haven't committed it to memory. Like, I don't know that I could find it on a shelf without one in my hand. So i got to keep this one until, you know, I have others. And I have to keep this one long enough to buy backup pens. Then I can lose this one. Anyway. Moving on, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, Here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio Correspondent Steve. Here's the interesting thing. So Lisa, who is listed on the prep sheet, apparently isn't there. Jim Roop, who's listed on the prep sheet, apparently isn't there. Steve Kastenbaum, who's not listed on the prep sheet, apparently standing by, <laughs> ready to talk at any moment. Bob Bob Costantini, not on the prep sheet. He's apparently standing by, too. Dan's new. I think that he's not really sharp. He was, yeah, he was kind of trying to pressure me into booking Ed McCarthy to talk about some suicide drug. That's there. exactly Let's spend a lot of time talking about suicide and open sores. Anyway, uh, so we'll talk to uh, Steve Kastenbaum today about, you know, now that I look at this, I don't even know, oh, Obama? Obama. And, um... What about Obama? Do we know? I don't know. Well, I'm just going to say... I have to call Dan back anyway. I'll figure it out. No, no, no. But don't. I'll play a little game. We'll just get Steve on he and I'll just... his pen. I'll say, I'll say Obama and just see where he goes with it. Uh, and then we'll talk to Bob Costantini about something. Well, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be the best show we've ever had. Uh, oh, he's talking about Iraq. Oh, Iraq. Oh, that's because... Two thumbs up. Well, I think it might be actually an interesting story, though, because this might be that story about... How it turns out that Saddam secretly paid to fly a bunch of Democratic uh, Congress people there before the war. And that's uh, just coming out of the wash. That's what happens when you go and take a guy's file cabinet. God only knows what you're going to find in there. Um, oh, there's another great moment in that, in that fallout shelter thing where they show the happy cartoon family sitting in the shelter. And Dad, you know, of course, like all 50s families, he, the, the, he's purchased many, many sandbags. But they know that in case you don't have sandbags... You can just use bags of dog food or, in fact, a couple file cabinets in front of the door. File cabinets, Tim, will keep out the radiation. Just like in case you were wondering. Finally, cabinets last forever, too. No, it's true. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Uh, top five coming up today. Uh, top five musicians uh, who you must separate from their music. 
Uh, top five musicians whose uh, personalities may be off-putting, but whose music is unimpeachable. Uh, Dorothy Carcassari joining us from the National Enquirer. I don't know what they've got. That I had. The, I saw the old Enquirer last night at the at the Safeway, uh, and as as you noted the other day, it's just Oprah. It's just Oprah being fat, and then somebody's so marriage boring. has been canceled. So what? Somebody's fat. I just well, and it's and it's Oprah. I mean, it's. Not really groundbreaking news at this point. I, you know, and she's got a billion dollars. She can be fat. Uh, what else? Uh, it is High Concept Thursday. We failed to do that the last few weeks. We might get a chance to do that today. Snuff Watch coming up. Uh, Geek Watch today. Oh, and Sarah Wagner wants me to clarify. Yesterday I came on. It's one of those things. Oh, because she was totally drunk yesterday. You kind of forget. Well, see, here's the thing. You kind of forget people are listening sometimes. But apparently she got several text messages from people saying, Oh, I heard you really hung over this morning. You know, sorry about that. Wah, wah. So I had this conversation with her um, yesterday afternoon because I had said that she was feeling terrible for being hung over. This is the conversation I said, hey, do you feel better? And she said, well, I think I was actually still drunk this morning, so I'm really feeling worse now. <laughs> so I want to clarify, Sarah Wagner was not hung over yesterday morning. She was drunk. She was, in fact, drunk. So there you go. Well, I'm glad that Sarah Wagner could take the time to go out and get drunk and not support my bowling team. Yeah. But she said she was going to show up, and she didn't. It doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. Nope, nope. I'm not going to dwell about it. All right. Um, you don't offer the same comfort as the uh, as the warm, sleek bottle, Sarah. It's true. Um, all right. Oh, by the way, did you see this headline in the front of the Oregonian? It's just one of those. It's like a whole combination of bad things, and it's right here on the front page. Dementia risk swells as belly gets fatter. What? Doesn't that seem like a nonsense phrase, but great? Yeah. All right. It doesn't. Does it have a picture attached or anything? No. Um, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. A man claiming to have rigged D.B. Cooper's parachute claims he can identify it if he sees the honey. Yeah. The alleged Craigslist poster who offered a baby for sale has been arrested. A Salem man enjoying what's known as psychedelic mushrooms with a friend hits him over the head with a glass smoking device known in some circles as a bong. The new edition of Playboy will not have naked ladies. Wooden toy penguins have been recalled, and the inventor of the Egg McMuffin passes away. Yeah, all right. Um, uh, something, blah, 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 something. I don't even know what I was going to say. I had something to say there, and now, I've, uh, now it's, it's all gone. I have nothing in my head. Uh, joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. How was your evening? Hello. Oh, it was fun. I went out with a friend, and... Um... From South Africa. He just moved here a few months ago. And so I uh, showed him the great city of Portland and then ended up going to this thing. I can't even say the name of it. Uh, I'm just going to stand here while you decide how to handle it. The zoo? Well, is that? <laughs> there are lots of animals in Africa. That there is. No, to he used to live among, like, elef okay, like, there's, like elephants enough. and stuff in his fair backyard. Enough. Giraffes <laughs> and elephants. Big, big tall animals. That's well, this is appropriate. Well, and it's, it's a weird, he kind of looks like, what's his name? Jay Peterman. From Seinfeld. No, he looks exactly. You know, he looks like he looks like um, the bad guy from Twin Peaks. I cannot. Rem I'm blanking on his name. I was. I kept saying it all last night. Um, no, um, he's an artist friend of mine. So we went out and about last night and uh, went to this thing called. Um, uh huh. Do we know if my cough button is is fixed yet? I don't know. Let's all turn off my cough. I've been cough. Well, no. I think it works for. Um, I think it works for for in here. I don't know that it works for the callers. I'm sorry. Just making a mental note to myself. I think you can still hear it on the phone, though. All right, I'm sorry. So you, uh, now, was this a date? No. Well, well no. Your, your hesitation indicates that it was. 
No, we're just I we just met at this art show thing. Well, here's the thing. If let's say you were going out with um I don't know, I'm trying to pick somebody. Uh let's say you and Richie uh had some event last night, bowling whatever. Uh-huh. If you and Richie and I say, "Hey, was this a date?" You would say, "Well, no." Okay. Now, here's just now though, you go out with a South Africa man and I say, "Is this a date?" and there was the long pause. There's not there was no pause. The pause reveals all, Sarah. There was no pause. Uh-huh. Um, yes, yeah, so I went out with South Africa, man. And, Do you want um, me to describe where you went? Are you, are you struggling? No, yeah you, yeah, you describe it. I can't. Here's the thing. I'm kind of sunk. I got this uh, email from our friend Pasha last night, uh, Pasha, Pasha Photography, and um, it, it was a voodoo donut event. Uh, all I'm going to say is this. Uh, it did involve many, many donuts. And it involved uh, the male member. Let me, I'm just reading the end of her email. It says, I have written permission from the naked guy to use these images, so feel yeah. free to post them. It was a room full of... And this is not Okay, so, I, so um, anyway, I'm out with like this classy artist guy. And I decided to bring him to something called... Um, Blank Fest. Clock Fest. Where they have cuckoo clocks. clocks. Everywhere. Cuckoo clocks. And it, so it was a whole room full of, uh, of nude clocks. men and of donuts. Yes. And I'm not, and that I'm not speaking in code, by the way. It really was donuts and naked men. It really, really was. And so, um, that's exactly where you take a it classy, sophisticated man. It was the grossest man. thing I have ever seen. It was, it was the grossest thing. Sorry, I guess I'm really loud. That's um, okay. Yeah, it was, it was hands down the grossest thing I've ever seen. And, I mean, that's I got the email. And so I'm bringing this, yeah. So I'm bringing this person there, and I'm like, hey, you want to go to Clockfest with me? I, uh, I got the, uh, I got the email. Uh, last night from, from Pasha, and she said, Hey, so there's this thing going on where it's just a bunch of uh, greased-up nude men and donuts. Do you want to go? And it was... I didn't even bother to reply. It was sort of like you're reading it. It's like when you get a memo. Sometimes somebody hands you a memo, and you don't even bother to put it on your desk. It's like they hand it to you. You're reading it on the way to the trash. Uh, that's, and I've done that. I've seen Susan do that occasionally. Susan will get a press release and she'll open it, and as she's reading it, she's already like going toward the recycle bin. That was my thing last night when Pasha was like, blah blah blah, donuts and male members, and not was, even bothering to reply, just wham. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't even. It wasn't even funny. It wasn't kitschy. It was just the most disturbing thing I have ever seen ever. Yeah. And I saw um, a woman doing something to a guy and i'm like this is my life i'm like i i chose to come here tonight in a caligula film because i was down the street at uh the b-side and decided to um because i got in a text message from jen lane she's like come to clock fest and i'm like oh perhaps i shall go see some clocks yes yes and um went there and it was so disturbing like in no way was it funny and in, in no way yeah. was no i was able to suss out early on that's not a thing for me it was so, but they had free alcohol. <laughs> the end. All right. So that worked for me. Well, okay. Uh, in any event, it is uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. So we'll get to some of this later on. So uh, I uh, so I was that with last night with Terry from the street team, uh, doing the uh, the door to door thing, and uh, we only got about half the list done because there was it, sometimes like it, the deal normally is that Bridget gives us ten or twelve uh, glorious bastards. We stop by their house, we say hey, uh, we. Uh, 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 you know, you kind of you kiss a baby and you say hello and you you know you pet the dog and then you wah, wah. and it, but normally about half the people are gone and half the people are home. Well, yesterday everybody was home, and so uh, and everybody was really everybody home. Everybody was really great, and so we spent a lot of time uh, doing that. And I only got about half uh, of the people visited, so we're gonna do the other half next week. But so we roll back to the station. And just as I'm rolling back into the parking lot with Terry last night, who do I see coming out the back door of the station? But Timmy Ryan. 
And Timmy Ryan, of course, in that weird sort of stilty kind of determined wooden stride that he has. And he's like, hey, I got the pina colada thing in your inbox. It's done. And I didn't really know what to expect. Um, because as we discussed on yesterday's program, I was just, I was, uh, uh, we're working on this Barack Obama, uh, the parody song, and I was incapable of singing it myself. And so he came in yesterday, and he was, I'm your man, I can totally sing it. And I was sort of, um, I wasn't quite, uh, convinced. I was sort of in two minds, uh, as to whether or not he was going to be able to sing it. I listened to it, uh, last night, and I listened to it again this morning. Not bad. It's not bad at all. And he knows I don't buy it. I, I need to hear this. No, he. Uh, we can uh, we can play it later on, actually. So, if, uh, what time do we have? Um, what time do we have, uh, Steve? Eleven thirty-five. Yes. All right, we have time to play it now. Uh, so we'll play it now. I've also got some fantastic hate mail to get, and we don't get a lot of hate mail anymore. It's one of those things that I, I sort of regret, you know. As the show has evolved, fewer people hate, or if they hate, they just internalize it. You know, and that's the wrong thing to do. You got to let your hate out. You got to let that hate go. Uh, so you can't I, hold it in. No, you can't. Uh, be, because um, because it as you keep bad for you. As, I don't like hate mail. How can you like hate mail? As you keep hate in, dementia risk swells as belly gets fatter. Um, I like hate mail when it's this one. I'm gonna post this hate mail on my website later today, because here's the thing. The hate mail I got uh, from uh, a guy. I won't give his name quite yet. But the hate mail I got from this guy is... It's a guy? It's usually a woman. Uh, well, it claims to be a guy. He is, he is so angry that I almost don't think it's real. I, it's so angry and so unbelievably like filled with rage and profanity, I almost don't think it's a real letter. But I'm undecided. I really am. And I don't mean to be deliberately guaranteeing this. So we'll get to it later. I, I really... Wait, so you're not going to read it now? I can't. I, I can't... Uh, really, honestly, it's going to have to be a thing that is severely edited for the air, and then you're going to have to go to the website here in a while and look at it, and you will have, the people will have to decide uh, whether it is uh, real or not. I, I mean, I hate to do that, but it's it's too good not to discuss, but it's too profane to read on the air in its unedited form. So, well, can I please to be reading it right now? Um, well, let me put it on the website here in the break. Okay. We'll come back, read it around the corner, and we can decide whether it's real or not. It's unbelievable, though. I got it last night, and I sort of had to read it three or four times in a row, and I still couldn't get a handle on whether it's real or fake. Did you get it in your in your work inbox? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, it's someone who listens to the show, and we are in disfavor with them. Uh, let me do a couple of these calls, and then we'll uh, play the Timmy Ryan thing into the break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? What's up? I'm going to Vegas on April 4th, and I really want to check out that uh, the testing museum. The, I'm sorry, the what? The, the Museum of Atomic Testing? Yes, sir. And I just need to know where it's located. It is at 755 East Flamingo Road. Bam! 755 East Flamingo? Let's all just uh, let's be a little impressed that I did that just now. Yes, you are, God. Uh, I only know that because I had to put it into the uh, GPS. Uh, you might want to double-check that, but I do believe it is at 755 East Flamingo Road, a couple miles off the Strip. Beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's 12 bucks to get in, worth every dollar, though. Excellent. I'm all about it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hello, Rick. Hello, Tim. Hi, Sarah. How you all doing? Oh, How are you? Okay. <laughs> I just wanted... I Come on back to Teddy Bear. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Have you ever heard... Oh, never mind. But I just was listening to Sarah describing her surreal night last night. Yes. 
And I just wanted to thank her because I was thinking, who can have a weirder day than I'm having? But The I answer that to that is always Sarah, by the way. Always Sarah. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least she probably makes it look a hell of a lot better than I would. So yeah. that's all thanks, for guys. Thank Best you. Deliver. All right. Okay. Uh, in any event. All right. Are we ready? Do you want to play the uh, Timmy Ryan thing here? Yeah. yeah. Something you want to say? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm nervous because that thing, like, you know, for example, like if you see a comedian friend, it's like, what if they're not funny? Well, it's like, look. okay, it's Timmy Ryan. What if his voice is bad? Well, let's let's embrace uh, a couple things about this. First of all, uh, the song is sort of deliberately cringe-inducing. I mean, that's the whole reason. Like if, like if the well, song. Is... I, no, I understand the song. It's just like it's like, can he hit those notes? I don't know because I wasn't when he was singing yesterday. The beginning of it didn't start out so strong. Mm-hmm. The chorus, he sounded fine, but I'm just... I think he was a little nervous yesterday, but I think as he sort of got flowing in the song, I feel like The chorus, like he... he was really good. You could tell he has talent. We'll but... see. Uh, and then he does this great John Lennon thing where he... I can't believe I just said that. Uh, where he uh, he double-tracked his vocals, I think, in the chorus. So uh, all that then needs to be added to this, if we like it, is the female harmony uh, and then to foist it off on a gullible industry. All right, so let me go ahead and let, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, uh, this is Timmy Ryan singing the... Uh, the Do You Like Barack Obama song on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I was tired of my party. We were down on our luck. With lifetime politicians only out for a buck. And then at home one evening Reading Craigslist online And in the personal section You know this pose caught my eye If you like Barack Obama Versus more of the same If you're not into Clinton If you're not for McCain But if you want a new direction and you're tired of the games But with me for Obama And be an agent of change <laughs> I've examined the options On the political scene And the other contenders Seem like the same old routine So i responded to the posting With an ad of my own and though I'm not much of a writer, I thought it struck the right tone. If you like Barack Obama versus more of the same, come on. If you're not into Clinton, if you're Good not awareness. then if you want to make a difference in the OA campaign. Vote with me for Obama And be an agent of change If you like Barack Obama And I think it just fades from here. This is more of the same. I, right, I, I stand corrected. How great is that? And then he does a little intimate, like, quaver at the end he of each line. He does this weird, like, little, like, voice fluctuation thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's because he's feeling it. I can he, tell he's feeling it. He feels the change, he Sarah. He feels like he wants to feel Barack Obama. He's got the... Uh, he wants to feel. He wants to feel the passion of Barack Obama inside him. All right, let's. Break. I'm sorry. Uh, let's take a break. Back. You know, I microwaved a pizza half an hour ago and I never ate it. It's just sitting in the kitchen. <laughs> well, I'm gonna replace your pizza. With 
with my pizza. <laughs> Best show ever. Back after this. With It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Anybody got a handle on themselves? <laughs> All right. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 coming up later on today. Uh, we will talk to CNN radio correspondent Bob Costantini, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Uh, top five musicians who must be separated from their music. Uh, high Concept Thursday and uh, more. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from New York City... Senior radio correspondent, Steve Katzenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey. How are you, brother man? What's up? Oh, doing good, doing good. We're watching uh, the courts again today. So this, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, so what is, now what are you watching the court for today? Uh, do you know rapper Remy Ma? Yes, yes I do. Oh, well, I don't. <laughs> I mean, not like I'm not a member of, uh, wait, is that, wait, is this the woman? Yeah, Remy Ma was nominated uh, for a Grammy as part of the Terror Squad. They had a, a song in 2004 called Lean Back. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, she uh, was let out of court today, weeping and in handcuffs. She was convicted for shooting a woman outside a club. It happened last summer, and uh, her defense attorneys uh, conceded that she did fire a shot, but that it was an accident. I don't oh. think you can be a member of the Terror Squad and then cry when you go to court. To court, I think you have your Terror Squad card pulled at that point. I don't think you have much of a defense. When you're called the terror squad, you know? <laughs> and her hit song, I'll Shoot You in the Face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, uh, she fired a, a shot at a friend she suspected of stealing $3,000, but she said it was an accident. Anyway, when, when she got convicted, uh, some other supporters of, of this friend who were actually shot by this bullet uh, were up and applauding and, and, and chanting bye bye as she was let out of the courtroom. Nice. I'm, uh, I'm I'm just looking at something else that just came across. It's been sort of a, 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 a sort of a frazzled day today. Um, the um, I, I, we had this whole five minute catastrophe at the beginning of the show where I dropped my pen, and because our studio is dimly lit, I couldn't uh -huh. find it, and because I'm an anal retentive freak, I couldn't continue the show until I had the pen back in my hand. Uh -huh. um, so we've had that. Uh, we had a little bit of a mix-up, a bit of a kerfuffle with some of the CNN bookers today, and now this was just handed to me. Uh, so you, you're there watching the courts, and then we've got this thing where uh, Elliot Spitzer has now been linked to a second call girl ring. Oh, yeah, that's something else that uh, was in the New York Post today. Yeah, n another another call girl operation was uh, taken down here in New York, uh -huh. and uh, sh th this woman who's... Uh, Apparently known for uh, for boasting about having what she says is the biggest black book in the business, she's claiming that Elliot Spitzer was was a regular customer of the business. So, so yeah, we haven't heard it from him yet. So I'm looking at this writing. It says uh, dis this is from the, the New York Post. Uh, disgraced former governor Elliot Spitzer has been identified as a long-standing client of a second high-priced call girl ring. The Post had learned the ex-governor uh, regularly patronized wicked models. The Manhattan-based operation taken down Tuesday. The revelation comes, blah, 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 blah. At the center of the new ring is Kristen Billy Davis, a, quote, busty bottle blonde who hails from a, this is exactly who you want to be uh, associated yeah. with, hails from a rough and uh, tumble California trailer park. Um, anyway, so, yeah, she claims she has a 10,000-name-long client list. 
Yeah, I'm not sure how, sure, uh, how, how right this story is. It's an exclusive in the Post. Nobody else had it this morning. And they're quoting a, a uh, um, law enforcement sources uh, in this investigation. So, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen anybody else follow up on this and say they've confirmed what the New York Post has. Jesus, so, they, they said that she made $2 million last year. I mean, really, honestly, that it is uh, not unlike the drug trade in that sense. There's just no way you can keep people out of that business. There's just too much money at stake. Um, I'm also... Well, you know, if, if you look at the pictures of her in the New York Post, it's kind of obvious where she spent some of that money. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just going to say, I'm looking at this photograph of her that the Post has, um, and really, and I mean this, I mean this in the best possible way, my opinion only, as protected by the First Amendment, I'm, I mean this in the best way, she really just, just, just looks like absolute trash. I mean, really, just in the most wonderful sense. So, uh, I mean, uh, what did they, let alone the obvious breast enhancement, Yes. but, but what did she do to her eye? <laughs> the, she's got, she has the same thing as John McCain's wife. Have you, yeah. have you seen those weird, like, zombie undead eyes that John McCain's wife has? Yeah. There's something. You look at Cindy McCain on stage, and there are moments when you expect, uh, like, like, I don't know, laser beams or squads of miniature robots or something to come out of her face. She really is a uniquely disturbing woman to look at. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? And it says here. Wait, wait. Did you notice the upside-down cross that she wears? No. No, I don't. I think in this one photograph I've got, I don't think it shows that. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Uh, the upside down cross. I don't know. Is that uh, maybe the upside down cross is the 2008 green hanky in your left pocket? <laughs> I mean, so I've heard. Uh, so, and I, I again apologize for some of the confusion. There was a whole lot of uh, chaos at CNN this morning as we were sort of trying to, to, to book folks. It just says here, Steve K, 11:35, and then below that in pencil it says Obama. And I think there was no clarification given to Sarah uh, about that. So oh, I thought that you guys were taking me uh, uh, because of the Remy Ma thing, because it just broke. No, but, uh, I, it, yeah, I do apologize. I'm kind of flying blind a little bit today as far as it was some of the news that's out there. No worries. Uh, that's probably some confusion on my behalf, too. But we, uh, yeah, uh, Barack Obama gave an economy spe uh, a speech on the economy today. And no surprise, he chastised President Bush's economic policies. Uh, he spoke at um, the Grand Hall at Cooper Union, which is where Abraham Lincoln, another Illinois politician, gave his uh, historic might, uh, right is might speech, where he set down the argument against slavery as he was running for president. And so there's a lot of uh, historic symbolism to having Barack Obama give a speech there. And, uh, you know, he said the things that he's been saying on the campaign trail. It was nowhere near as dramatic or uh, influential a speech as his speech on race, but it was still a, a pretty good speech, but uh, kind of short, sweet, to the point. And uh, as we wrap this up today, I just want to share with you this headline from The Oregonian. Uh, this doesn't really make any sense. I don't understand what the story's about. I don't know why they're reporting this, and I don't know why it's front-page news. It is an interesting confluence of bizarre terms. The lead story today in The Oregonian is, and I'm quoting now, dementia risk swells as belly gets fatter. So there you go. <laughs> A little bit of uh, it's a little bit of weird medical refrigerator poetry for you. Uh, that, that explains uh, a lot when it comes to my father-in-law. <laughs> Bam! Uh, are you on tomorrow, sir? Uh, yes, I am. All right, my friend. Enjoy your day, and uh, we'll be back in uh, back in full form tomorrow. So until then, uh, have a great afternoon, Steve Kastenbaum. So long, folks. There you go, Steve Kastenbaum from New York City. All right.
It's time to get a handle on the program. It's time to get a handle on things today. It all started with you dropping your pen. It really did. No, I, I accept full blame for that. I dropped the pen, and now I've cursed us all. That night, so just, here's what happened. So during the break, you just looked like a velociraptor just now. So Sarah's eating this sort of square pizza thing, and she, you sort of took a bite out of it, but the bite, like, more came with the bite than you thought. And so you did that kind of, like, jerking your head backward, raptor style. Like it, like almost as though your jaw was going to unhinge. Mm-hmm. So just now in the break, I went into the kitchen and my pizza had been, I think you're supposed to cook it for two and a half minutes. I think I've been cooking for 12. And so it's just, it's just this huge. Now well, that microwave is super hot too. The microwave is all kinds of weird. And I think it so just looks like I have a, to undercook everything that I cook in there because it's so hot. Look like a big red saltine. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. What are we doing here? I just had something I was going to, I just had something I was going to read. I don't even know where it went. All right, I got nothing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you, uh, sir or madam, as the case may be? Yeah, hey, Rick, this is John from Gresham. I got a, uh, a complaint here about your song. I mean, it's just, you know, performed pretty well, but you kind of messed it up. This is the uh, Barack Obama song? Yeah. What is, what is your, what's the nature of your complaint, sir? The second uh, uh, refrain on that thing is supposed to be like the answer to it, meaning, yes, I'm for Barack Obama. Yes, I you know, or no, I don't want any change. Supposed to be answering the original answer. Yeah, I realized that last night. Actually, I was sort of laying in bed, realizing that I'd I'd sort of phrased it. I'd put I'd used the wrong pronoun uh, in the second refrain, but then I just didn't care enough to change it. So I uh, that is I did sort of realize that, but really, let's be honest. I mean, if if some if we can get somebody to swallow the first half of this as like an actual Barack uh, song, you know, it, it, then they'll probably just swallow anything at that point. Well, you know, in my life, I, I've always used apathy as a good excuse, so I'm, I'm with you. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I had it to do over again, but really just the energy it would, it would take to, to alter the pronouns, and it's just not worth it. I, uh, I can't be bothered, frankly. And uh, props, uh, props to Timmy. He did a pretty good job on that. Thank you, sir. I'll pass it along. Yep, All right, there you go. Yeah, he did a, he did a surprise. I wasn't quite sure how he was going to handle it, because as you said, he nailed the chorus. But in the, in the opening, he was a little, I think he was a little unsure. I think he was maybe a little unsteady on his feet, a little nervous, you know, called maybe. right on the firing line, live radio singing, you know, critical in-studio audience who just maligned him repeatedly for his condom use as a young man. So, I mean, it was it was a difficult... Uh, this was wasn't a, even young man. He still believes that that's okay. <laughs> washing out the condom. Yeah. I heard him yesterday. He's like, I don't see the problem with that. I don't care what Google and science says. Washing out the condom. The Timmy Ryan story. Um, so, um, just as a brief side note here, and then we'll break here in a few minutes, and uh, we'll come back. Tim Riley at the top. Uh, later on, we'll talk to Bob Costantini. Uh, top five on the way. A whole pile of horrific news stories. I got this awful uh, hate mail to get to, and by awful, I mean great. I'll get this posted, uh, by the way, during the next break. So, when I was just talking about my pen and about uh, how anal retentive I am about certain things, and I got I got kind of weird hang-ups. And one of them, as you all have noted, is that um, I constantly am picking out white specks on the countertop, just as just as Tim has taken to waving at invisible bats in the air. Mm-hmm. I will see a white speck, a mark, a piece of dust, uh, something on the countertop, and then it begins to obsess me, and I have to go over and wipe it off, or get you to dust it off, or or I'll do that thing sometimes where I like touch my finger to my tongue, and then I go no, and I do- I daub. It is. It, it's vile. But And I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, as they say, but I was out with Terry from the street team last night. And so she has, I don't want to call it a phobia, but I guess maybe it is. She has the weirdest hang-up. How you doing over there? 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that microphone is incredibly sensitive, and you don't really realize it. And so you're over there, like, powering through your lunch. Sorry about that. I'll just wait. I'm almost done. Uh-huh. All right, keep going. No, 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 I'll wait. <laughs> well, I can't... Can't do it with me in the room? Mm-hmm. I can't do it with anybody watching, Rick. Is this really fun for you? It okay. is. It's okay, I we got... swallow. Well, we got, we got time. Oh, wait, hang on. <coughs> How you doing? I'm choking on my water. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to mock your discomfort. Yes? All right. All right. I was just going to make the observation, and I, we, depending on how much time, we probably don't have time to do it here, but this is a thing that we out of which we could make a whole segment, but just to sort of add to the, the pile of crazy behaviors that people in this building have. So I'm out with Terry on the street team, and she has this weird thing where she will not... She is horrified. Little cute, adorable, Terry. Yes, from the okay. bowling team. Yes. Uh, she is. I mean, she's really great. I dig her. Uh, you know, we go out. People like her. Um, but she has this weird phobia where she is horrified by and will not walk upon lumpy grass. You know what I mean? Like, if, like if you see a front lawn where the. And when I say the grass is lumpy, I mean the the ground underneath is lumpy. You ever see somebody's lawn and the grass is absolutely smooth and flat? It's almost like a golf course where uh-huh. the ground is very even and very uh, very flat, and the surface is absolutely even. That's fine. With the first, uh, I think this first or second week we were out, we had to go up to somebody's house and we were walking up the steps and we walked across the lawn, and she got about three steps under the lawn. And she said, oh, my God, this grass is lumpy. I can't stand here. Lumpy grass is kind of creepy. No, but, she, but it's not just creepy. She has, like, she can't. She, we, last night we were driving by a house, and I saw, uh, and again, it's not like it's a dirt lot. It's a front lawn. It's just that the grass happens to be sort of uneven. and You know, it's, it, as though many, many little baseballs were, were buried underneath the grass. And I said, well, what about that lawn? And she looked over and she goes, that lawn just makes me want to vomit. And then she said, she said, it makes the muscles in my back all tense and I have to start breathing deeply, like make it go away. So she, and I don't know from where it came. I don't know why she has the problem, but she has this whole thing where she can't walk on grass that is uneven. And I actually asked her, I said, so I said, if you moved into a house and you moved in and your grass was lumpy, like, what would you do? And she's like, I would have to take out the entire lawn and reseed it. <laughs> I said, well, if you moved into your dream house and it had a lumpy front lawn, she's like, all the grass has to come out, all the dirt has to be leveled, and then I have to reseed the grass from, like, by hand. So that, and she won't drink dairy at anybody else's house. She'll eat food at the houses of other people. Like, if she goes to visit somebody and they're making dinner or it's lunch or dessert or water, that's fine. She will not consume any dairy product at the house of someone else. So I'm just saying, for the record. Well, dairy is a like, little tempestuous. I don't think that I'd be comfortable eating dairy. At somebody at else's house? Well, at least milk. Okay, no, she has, well, I she's, think it's. She's just dairy? I think it's all dairy, dairy, period, but I think specifically milk. Uh, she will consume any other food item at the house of anybody. She will not drink dairy in the house of another person. Won't drink dairy in the house of another person. Won't walk on lumpy grass. Like, it's to the point, and I would obviously never do this, but it's almost to the point where, like, you want to, like, pick her up and set her on lumpy grass just to sort of see what happens. Like, just to sort of see what the reaction is. 
So not unlike me, in a, you know, like if I was in a room filled with white specks on the counter, as I am every day. Um, all right, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner at the Ministry of Truth. It's 503-733-2970. Other Rick Emerson Show continues next. Go nowhere. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's uh, 503-733-2970. I cracked the old whip. Let's take a uh, take a brief fold of the room. Always be sure to clean that whip and the nails, Tim. Mm-hmm. All right, how's yeah. everybody feeling? Fantastic. Well, that was really cool to meet the Viso guy. Oh, yeah, so uh, Alex, uh, who is the owner of Viso, uh, just came in along with Stephen, who, uh, and I don't want to mistake this, I think he's, I think he's the marketing guy, or one of the marketing guys. Uh, Stephen is a very beautiful man. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, so they, and Alex is great. Alex, uh, Alex, I've never, yeah, I've never met him. That's exciting. He's kind of like a, um, like was, a celebrity. I'm like, he, you made Viso? Alex, uh, who, uh, yeah, who is Mr. Viso, just came in. Doesn't he kind of look like, uh, doesn't it kind of look like some cool, like a, some European, like world traveling sort I thought, of? Is he not Europe? Is he I, British? I, I don't know. You know, I don't. Uh, I, I don't, was listening for an accent. It didn't seem like he had one. But I don't know from seen... where he hails, but he does. As he put it, he has that Brad Pitt Legends of the Fall thing, but he's got like the spiky blonde hair and like the Van Dyke and then like laceless shoes and like like some weird jacket and then like a like a leather briefcase. And he's just, wearing like this cool little polo shirt with like fancy sunglasses. And like and none of it. it goes together, but it all goes together somehow. Anyway, so uh, Alex from Viso was just here, so I think they are going to be. Uh, I think we can say this going to be doing a little. Uh, I think we'll be doing a little thing with the podcast, so that's good. Excellent, fantastic. Uh, also good and fantastic. Hopefully, is this call? Don't suck. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Great. Thanks for calling. Bye now. Here's Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The man who rigged hijacker D.B. Cooper's parachute says he can identify it if he can see the harness. Zing. Earl Cossey of Woodenville, Washington, said he owned the chute that Cooper used in his famous November 1971 jump. A chute similar to Cooper's was found this month in rural Clark County, but the harness is still missing. Oh, it's very exciting. So, uh, but I mean, I, but it has to be. 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 And I'm not just saying that by you know, like so I can will it to be the case, although that's part of it. But as somebody else said when they called in, there's there's no, I say, flying in the face of like actual scientific research. There's no other explanation. Uh, I sound like Clyde. It just Clyde. could not possibly be another one of the billions of parachutes that exist totally. in the world. No, I totally sound like one of Clyde's nutcase. Like, there's no other explanation. Queen Victoria was a reptile. Uh, that's the all the evidence points to it. Hmm. Anyway. So this Cossie fellow was a pilot and ran a skydiving school at the time in Issaquah. Uh, this is about the ha- time when uh, Cooper demanded the parachute, so the FBI got in touch with him. So that's why he goes back. Uh, so anyway... Uh, retired FBI agent Ralph Hemmelsbach of Woodburn, who worked on the Cooper case, said he doubts the remnant bond could be the nylon parachute. But a parachute expert 
says the nylon could have blasted. So who are you going to believe? I believe the parachute expert. Is this one of the instant parachute experts? Yes, it is. Gary Peak of the Missouri-based Parks College Parachute Research Group. So there is one. <laughs> a parachute research group. A parachute research group. A parachute Wonderful. that was buried could last a very long time. I, I cannot imagine why a parachute would be in the middle of the drop zone buried underground. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I'm trying to come up with alternate explanations that aren't well, what retarded. What about the Mount St. Helens thing? I mean, was that, was that accurate when someone was saying how the dirt from, you know, an eruption would cover? Well, it covered, area? it covered everything, uh, I guess. I mean, the Mount St. Helens kind of covered everything, but it wouldn't, but it would have been covered with ash, which I think would have, which is not the same thing as being covered with dirt, because I think the ash, it was Remember, wasn't... a caller called in and said that, that there was a bunch of, like, mud all over that, that area where... I don't know, but I don't, I don't think the mudslide from St. Helens hit that area, though. I think that was more towards the Washougal River, yeah. which is where there the money was found. further north. Yeah, so... Okay, cool. Don't stop on my dream! All right. So, like cars, uh, parachutes have serial numbers and identification that includes dates of production and names of the manufacturers. So, all he's looking for is that piece of the parachute that is missing at this time. And so I guess the, but the FBI must be on the property right now because the kids found it, cut the straps, brought it to their dad. Dad calls the FBI. FBI says, hey, now. Uh, and so they've got to be out there digging it up, and all they got to find is... This is so exciting. The... I can't... Okay, but here's the thing. And I know that this is like three days in a row, and tomorrow's going to be four. And I have to be very... This is one of the biggest things ever, though. It's, it's so cool! I can't... I can't I have to be very linear when I talk about this and take it one step at a time, not unlike Indy going across the the, um, the name of God. First step, first step is take her out and treat her like a lady. <laughs> Tell her she's the one you're dreaming of. See, that's why I couldn't sing the uh, Pina Colada song. Um, the okay, so if they find the rest of the shoot and they find this uh, serial number. And this tag, and it matches the tag to the other shoot they have that was Cooper's. Because the thing is, Cooper only threw out the one shoot. He, he left the other one behind, I think. Yeah. And they got the other one. Um, so if they find the tag, and they turn, it turns out it is D.B. Cooper's parachute. Here's the great and terrible thing about this. If they find the tag, and it turns out it is D.B. Cooper's parachute, it's just going to F the FBI even more. Because, so what? Okay, you find the parachute. Big deal. I mean, it, it, do, it still doesn't give them anything, which is a little unsatisfying, because, like, as much as you want them to get away with it, like, you almost, you also want to know, like, come on! You know, like, here's what, in my ideal world, here's what happens. In my ideal world, I just get an anonymous letter in the mail explaining it all to me, and then the, and then the letter spontaneously bursts into flames. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know, you know, so I can just finally put it behind me, but so that he still gets away with it. So even if they discover that it is his parachute, like I don't think that helps them at all, except to maybe indicate that he that he got away on foot and that he did not die on impact, um, because they already knew where he jumped, they already knew what kind of shoot he had, they already found some of the money. Uh, all in a way, all this will do is just make the FBI even angrier because it'll just indicate that he jumped and landed and walked away with money. Ah. Uh, so very exciting. It's a good time to be us. Baby for sale. Police have arrested a Dallas man on charges that he placed an advertisement on Craigslist offering a baby for sale, although he never had an infant in his care. 
Under arrest is 33-year-old Patrick Lee Ryan, charged with buying or selling a child disorderly conduct in the first degree and computer crime stemming for an advertisement that said the author needed some more tweak or methamphetamine and offered the baby for sale. The advertisement said the baby's mother wasn't coming back and offered to sell the baby for $1,000. Attached to the ad was a picture of an infant covered with chocolate. Now, the child, uh, the photo of the infant was obtained by the suspect off the Internet. And the people who, uh, well, these people didn't even have a baby in the first place. So there was no baby to be offered for sale, yet he's being charged with this. Now, that's just false advertising. Mm -hmm. Wait, he's being charged, oh, I guess for fraud. Right. The Craigslist ad listed the name of Bertie Avery as a contact person. A woman in Lebanon who shares that same name said she received so many phone calls because of the ad that her husband had to unplug the phone. Avery said, Ryan, this person charged, is a former employee, and that's why he posted her name and number on the ad. Uh, she said uh, she's glad he's in jail and plans to testify against him. I want to know when he goes to court. It's not right what he did to me. It's scary what he did. Police have confirmed Avery wasn't involved in any way with the ad. Uh, so Ryan was picked up by Polk County Sheriff's uh, Department and booked on $35,000 bail. Woohoo! All right. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. How's it going, everybody? What's up? Hey, uh, Sarah was saying uh, that, that uh, you know, the, the uh, parachute was buried and, you know, uh, you, she, you know, she was talking about the other caller that said, you know, that, you know, was like talking about the parachute buried and, you know, the, the Wall Street Journal. Mount St. Helens and, yeah. Yeah, Mount St. Helens. Well, here's, here's like my whole thing is just the fact that the parachute was buried in the first place means that someone intentionally buried it because that was right in the middle of the, the area that they were checking, they were searching for him extensively. So, I mean, a big white parachute, unless it was buried, would have easily been found. I mean, I, I mean, I don't care how wooded the area is. And this is true. And here's the other thing is I've been sort of been saying, like an idiot for the last few days, that the only explanations are somebody buried it or, you know, he just, uh, you know, whatever, hit the impact. But, you know, but even hitting the ground, that even that doesn't make any sense. Because let's assume he jumps out of the plane. If the chute doesn't deploy and he just plummets down like a rock and hits the ground then the chute would not be sort of deployed the way they found it. It, w it would still be packed in, presumably. Um, yeah. If he deployed the chute, but then somehow died of exposure on the way down, or, you know, hit something, or the power line, or whatever, hit the ground, that wouldn't bury the chute. Really? I mean, it, go ahead. Oh, um, what I was going to say is, like, the only way that that, that, uh, that that caller's explanation could have been feasible is if E.B. Cooper jumped out, out of a out of plane, he somehow couldn't deploy a chute. He hit the ground and fell into a sinkhole, and then the chute deployed on the ground as, like, shot out of the pack, and then the, when Mount the Helens erupted, it, like, just buried the whole thing in mud. <laughs> and then aliens came along and sealed him in. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess now that I say, now that I say, I say it out loud like that, it, it, it really wouldn't make any sense. There really would be no way. I wonder how, does it say, Tim, how far down the chute was buried? It does not, no. But, I mean, well, sufficient enough that they didn't find it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, See, here's here's like like the way I've, I've been kind of working it out on my mind. You know, he, he landed successfully. He buried the chute in kind of a shallow, you know, like not so deep, kind of, you know, under right. the ground. And then it wasn't found for years. But then when Mount St. Helens erupted, you know, and it shifted the land around and dumped a bunch of ash everywhere. Then, you know, eventually over time, you know, there's more earth just piled on top of it. And I guess, and, and, and over time, things aren't uncovered typically, as, as over time things are covered more and more. I think that is the natural sort of state of the world. And oh, yeah. also, you got to figure, 
he himself wouldn't take the time to bury the chute very deep because a it was a winter night uh you know he 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 you know he doesn't want to be out in the cold any longer than he has to be b he knows the man is looking for him uh c he knows that they know where he jumped in other words the pilots know i mean they could see the door of the plane being lowered from the cockpit there's a little indicator and so the pilots knew where he jumped and he would know that of course so it's not like it's a big mystery to anybody where he jumped so he has no motive to like completely hide the shoot forever because he already knows where they're going to be looking for him he just has to hide it long enough that no one immediately spots it while he gets away you know what would be so so great is if maybe you know like db cooper like had had somebody had a friend who had like a sealed like you know envelope and said all right open at my death Exactly, yeah. and, and, and so the whole world knows exactly how. Oh, how great would that be if there's oh. a, like a letter sitting in a safe deposit box somewhere? How I oh. did it? Yeah, oh. Oh, I, I, that would be that would just make make my oh. make my life. Oh, how great! <laughs> Come on, that is so great. That is so great. I want to will myself into an alternate universe right now where that is true. Okay, here I'm just going to stop. That needs you need to do something with that idea. Uh, a movie, a book, something where D.B. Cooper or similar gets away with it, writes a whole book about how he got away with it, sticks it in a safe deposit box only to be opened after his death. I'm on it. Oh, that's a great idea. Look at you, player. All right. Well done, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so very exciting. That is super cool. Yee, jibbity, jibbity. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. More intrigue from the coup. Cops believe they found the remains of a missing man who was digging for buried treasure when his tunnel collapsed. Uh, they found some human remains, believed to be those of 46-year-old James Moore. He was a fan of digging deep tunnels, looking for treasure. Oh, then we have Saddam Hussein's intelligence agency secretly financing a trip to Iraq for three U.S. lawmakers during a run-up to the U.S.-led invasion. These were three anti-war Democrats, Democrats who hated war, one from Washington State. They made the trip in October 2002 while the Bush administration was trying to persuade Congress to authorize military action against Iraq. And uh, let's see, the fellow from Washington is Democratic Representative Jim McDermott. A couple of the other guys, uh, let's see, one was from California, another from Michigan. One no longer has his job. And apparently they didn't know at the time where the money came from. But they said it was a diplomatic junket. Uh-huh. So that's that. But a trip's a trip, I suppose. If you're a politician, <laughs> why else would you want to be a politician if you don't get free trips? No, that's really, I mean, really, what other motivation is? It's like going to a timeshare thing. Really, if you're not going to give me the two tickets to Vegas to use whenever I want, what the hell is the point? Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, hi, Rick. Um, I have a question about that that whole baby for sale on the on the Craigslist story. Baby for sale. Yes. Baby for sale. Yeah, is this the uh, Buy, Sell, or Trade Baby uh, radio time show? Yes. I have a couch oh. if you'd like it. <laughs> All right, on Craigslist, the, the, the posting was on rants and raves, right? Uh, yes, that's what it said. Sure. Yeah. On rants and raves on a regular basis, there's all kinds of crazy crap that people are just spewing forth like verbal diarrhea with no semblance of reality. No, there, There's no ordinance on there that says that anything has to be even based on reality. Now, when you log in... Uh... Well, I don't even know how you do it at Craigslist. If you're, do you have to like, uh, is there like terms of service or disclaimers or something you have to click through when you post something? Like, if you post whatever, like an ad or a a, a baby or personals or whatever, do you have to click a thing saying like, I attest that the following statements 
uh, you know, that I am not misrepresenting or engaging in fraud or whatever? Because that's how yeah. they'd nail you. If you, if there's some term of service where you promise not to be defrauding people. Well, there is, but like all good Americans, nobody ever reads them. Wow. But the, um, the, the other problem here is he listed the name of Bertie Avery as a con. Uh, the contact person in this, and she is a former employer of his. Oh, okay, so, so there you go. So he's trying oh, to screw okay. his employer, but he's essentially, he is passively libeling her by uh, indicating that she has a baby for sale and is a tweaker. So, so it's, it's more of a case of libel. It is libel. Than, right, rather than... It's, uh, you know, it's not a case of having a goof. It is a case of libeling, uh, yeah, this woman who was his former employer. Okay, okay, that clears that up because I was getting really frustrated hearing the story over and over again, and and you know just going, you know, and people can say anything they freaking want. That's the spirit, sir. Yes. We need to get America. you. We need to get you on the FCC board. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Good day. Al Sykes for a new uh, a new era. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it is. All right. Hey, that whole uh, DB Cooper thing. That is, I'm excited too. Yeah, so, it's it's awesome. Wouldn't you think it would be that it would be easy to find the harness? They said the guy was putting a road in, so they'd look along the road. And I would assume the uh, buckles from a parachute in 71 would be metal. They could use a metal detector, I, I, I'm, I'm gathering. I think so. I, I get the feeling it was a big area because the thing is the guy didn't find it. His kids found it. And what kind of road is this guy putting in? Putting in some kind of uh, wooded freeway? I don't. He's, he's going to make it all 220. Uh, no, I, the, the kids found it. They pulled it out as far the, uh, out of the ground as far as it would go. And, you know, the kids, they don't know any better. So they just got a knife and cut the cables when they couldn't get it out anymore and took it to their dad. And so now going and finding the rest of it buried underground with any kind of marker, I think, is difficult. But, I mean, obviously, they, they must have thought about uh, metal detectors or, you know, th those things you drag oh, along the ground oh, that are like x-rays or whatever. I don't want to thought about it. Yeah, so. I bet no one else does. No, uh, and, and I got something for Sarah, too. Yeah. Uh, bounce. Bow, wow. All right, bye now. Wait. Get it? Hello? Hi, yes. Oh, uh, I, I, real quick, Rick, my mom has a Wait, hold on, of... let's just back up. Wait, that was for me, that, your song? Yeah, no, the bounce, yeah. And then now you've got something you else. Now you're doing, it's sort of an alley-oop kind of a thing. Well, okay. What is your question? I, I... Schenectady, you're on the air. <laughs> no, wait, uh, my mom has Call me King Kong. Of... I, you're, you like old records, correct? Yes. Yeah. And getting caught in the rain. From the... What? Let's move it along, sir. What What is your question? She has demo records from radio stations from the 60s and 70s. And when I find them, I would like to come in and share them with you. What kind of demo records? I don't know. But, I mean, are these, are these sort of like white label, like a radio state, uh, uh, yes, record... Yeah, radio from a radio station. Record, exactly. record company sort of promo, uh, promo vinyl of yeah. songs? Yeah, yeah, we'd love to see those. I love stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. I'm... Okay. All right, I, for, I now forgive the bow chick about thing. Thank you. Thank I love you, you guys uh, in a creepy love... kind of uncle way. Oh, okay, bye. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that guy. Here's Tim Riley. A Salem man was arrested and charged with assault after he attacked his friend with a glass cylinder known as a bong, causing him to require medical treatment. Police say Vincent Gallagher was tripping on what are known as psychedelic mushrooms when he became convinced that his friend was a narcotics officer. Gallagher then began beating his friend with a glass smoking device. I love the idea of progress. I love the idea of a stoner named Gallagher hitting somebody with something. He continues slashing his friend with the jagged edges. Oh. He now faces, uh, faces dragging assault charges. Police also arrested a woman who lives at the home, Amanda, on suspicion of uh, drug possession. And this is he beat his friend with what? 
uh, a glass smoking device known as a bong. <laughs> bong. Sorry. Uh, two Oregon men make that three are accused of snatching the turban off the head of a CI truck driver. They're accused of third-degree theft and misdemeanor assault. This happened in Douglas County, wherever that is. Uh, apparently, this uh, the, the truck driver who wears a turban stopped at a truck stop, as any truck driver would do, turban or not. It was enjoying the meal. One of the men grabbed his turban, ran from the building, then drove away with it. So they used store surveillance and arrested these people. Uh, so uh, the suspects could not immediately be reached for comment. They all got attorneys already. Uh, so you can't just steal people's turbans when they're at truck stops. No, no, no. Don't do that. Uh, remember the, the the lady on the toilet? Yes. She spent two years in the bathroom sitting on the <laughs> toilet so long that the seat adhered to the sores of her body. Maybe I'll come out tomorrow. She's still very sick. And paying for medical procedures, a Pam Babcock was found uh, stuck to the toilet after her boyfriend, Corey McFerrin, called authorities to say something was wrong <laughs> after two years. Two years, good mm-hmm. Lord. They believe she sat on that seat for a month. He was charged last week with misdemeanor count uh, and uh, mistreatment of a dependent adult. Pam Bollinger, the woman's aunt, uh, said she calls daily to the hospital to ask how Babcock is doing and asked every day to speak with her. Babcock uh, agreed to talk to her only once for about ten minutes. During one call, Ms. Babcock spoke very little and listened most intentively and recounted happy family memories. Time spent swimming, camping, and boating. Okay. She has not spoken in the bathroom uh, ordeal. I did not bring it up, said the relative. I just let her know how much I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention the business of the sores in the toilet. Oh, so God. Babcock, Adhering to the seat. Babcock's relatives say that no family members have been allowed to see her in the hospital and that they know little of her medical attention. She spends most of her time sleeping, as I guess she would. Probably on her stomach. Who wounds her still seriously? Uh, she's not out of the woods by any means, and she's a very sick girl. Oh. <sighs> Oh, that's unpleasant. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, everybody. What's up? Hey, uh, well, and I just wanted to let you know that uh, when you're, you know, with, with a regular shoot, you've got two rip cords, one on the left, one on the right. Right. Uh, the left is cut away from change. You have to have... Oh, now we'll never know. <laughs> one on the right deploys it. So if he'd have pulled the left one first by accident and then pulled the right one, the shoot would have deployed and he would have had nothing to... Ah, See, that was meant to be that way. (laughs) The mystery remains. (laughs) Totally. I'm sorry, sir. Well, we didn't get your call. Rick, I've got the final answer to D.B. Cooper. He he ran to... uh, He evaded police by... uh, Currently hiding it... uh, (laughs) Try again. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, everybody. This is voice number one. Hi. Why do people have to do that? They call up with something gripping just as they're going into a tunnel. What's up? I love that. Um, I love that. Uh, two quick things, and then uh, Barack Obama. Uh, number one, when I wake up in the morning and I'm uh, still drunk, I don't call it a hangover. It's when you when you get out of bed and you're a little wobbly and you say, hang on, I'm still drunk. I call it a hang on. A hang on. Okay, that's good. I'm going to start using that. Oh, thank you very much. Um, uh, let's see, what was the other thing real quick? No. Oh, yeah, I wanted to tell you, you guys were talking about Code Monkeys. Yes. Um, there's actually a website that has a whole lot of, like, free episodes it's uh, a website called alluc.org, and that's uh, A-L-L, the letter U, the letter C, dot O-R-G. Yeah, Code Monkeys is a great show. I don't know when. I've only got the first season. Is season two or something? Is, that, is it on? Is it coming back? What's the deal with that? Do you know? 
I really don't know. I just managed to find like the entire season one online, yeah. uh, uh, along with like a whole lot of movies and TV shows and different stuff. Apparently, just all for free. Of course, we respect copyright here at CBS. Well, I think this. I think this site is legit. You know, it's, well, anyway, sure. it's not getting. It's not getting shut down. They want you to have it. I think so. It promotes oh. the uh, upcoming season two. Actually, but, um, it's a fine show. It really is. So hey, is it uh, is it too late to kind of audition for the Barack Obama thing? Uh, I do believe so. I mean, I feel like do we feel like Timmy Ryan did a good job with that? We feel that way. Tim, did you hear it? I did. I, I was did, impressed. You feel, Sarah? How do you feel? You were his That's harshest okay. critic. Yeah. You you feel you put I mean, positive? For what, I mean, for what it is. It's good. For what it is. It's Timmy Ryan. <laughs> Damning with faint praise, thy name is Sarah. Um, so what I, I called in yesterday. He's uh, good at what he does. It, it was like a quarter to three, and I was already late for work, and I just had to hang up, so uh, I didn't get a chance. Yeah, to I, I feel bad. You know, we had a bunch of people sort of pitch in, and any any number of whom uh, I'm sure were fine singers, but uh, expediency is sort of the, uh, I would rather have a good plan today than a perfect plan next week. Uh, as George Patton once said. So I think we're going to go with this one. Uh, Sarah will lay down uh, her, her harmony later, and uh, hopefully we can be uh, sending this out into the uh, the world next, uh, you know, like tomorrow maybe. Well, there you go. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, that guy's a good sport. Well done. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh, this is very strange. Well, it looks like Dr. Jippy Lube is no more. They've learned the guy who injected Priscilla Presley with motor oil has just been arrested and is being held by immigration officials for possible removal from the USA. Now, this fellow, whose real name is Dr. Daniel Serrano, who got out of the federal pokey just a week ago, served 15 months for smuggling into the country a non-FDA drug he used to inject Hollywood's A-list with what he called a miracle wrinkle cream. <laughs> the silicone he injected is used to lubricate auto parts... Looks like he gave them all the 24-point service. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Jippy Lube, who was a cosmetic surgeon in his home country of Argentina, is not listed in the U.S. He's being held without bond at Mariloma Detention Center. He was arrested late yesterday by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, uh, specifically a Joint Criminal Alien Removal Task Force. Uh, we're, apparently, uh, those in the know say he was staying at a friend's apartment when he was arrested. It was a secured building. When a video, uh, visitor left, somebody knocked on the door, and uh, apparently they got Dr. Jiffy Loop. So now, uh, taken away. not to be channeling Katie Couric, but uh, I love that. The uh, the idea that really, and that it was Priscilla Presley really makes it all the sweeter, because she's obviously, she seems like just such a horrible person. Mm -hmm. uh, and the idea that she would be sitting there paying, isn't it uniquely satisfying when A, it's a celebrity, B, they're paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for something, and C, it's complete quackery. Like when Demi Moore was covered in leeches the other day, uh, or her saying, I want something to get my wrinkles. The guy's like, all right, everybody, hold on. And then it's just like, and it's just like some crap. That like, Dr. Neck. <laughs> totally. It's like he's just pulling out that big, that big industrial squirty thing from under the, under the racket jiffy lube, like right before they flush your radiator. Let me inspect your belts. <laughs> and, and check your fluid levels. I was going to say. How's your tire pressure? I need to, uh. I need to rotate your filters, Miss Presley. Here comes the dipstick. <laughs> How about the windshield washer fluid and battery water? Fantastic. All part of the services. Oh, good times. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, I can't believe you guys didn't get the... Well, Miss Presley, it looks like you're about a quart low. Okay, that's good, too. Okay, thank you. Hey, um, uh, long-time listener, long-time caller. I wanted to say, isn't the uh, D.B. Cooper money, wasn't that found at what's called Austin Point in Woodland, Washington, which is like... Across the river from St. Helens. Uh, well, they keep saying, you know, the drift to Washougal. Dude, there's no way. 
They, yeah, they, they found $5,800 of it, and there's, I think we did determine a couple days ago, and I think the news reports sort of confirmed this, that there's no, as they said, no natural way the money could have gotten from where the shoot was to where the money was found. Right. Well, and as Colton said before, um, the guy who found the money, the kid who found the money, was in my fourth grade class yeah. in Washington. Oh, no. Oh, I, my gosh. I've gone to his website yeah. where he's auctioning some of that D.B. Cooper money. And be, it's not that I'm a cheapskate, although I am. I mean, that's really not the reason. But it, the thing about it is, and I've talked about this before with online, buying stuff online, I, I'm, I, will, I will spend money on stuff that I really want if I have to. Like, if I can't find something cheaply and I really want it, I'll pay the money. That's fine. Uh, but you know, my but, understanding that they did not get to keep the money. Oh, no, he's selling it. He's selling it right now. He's selling it on his website. The, but the frustrating thing about it is, like, if he just said... Look, here's a here's a fifty dollar bill or whatever that DB Cooper uh, took. I'm selling it for five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. That would be fine. I might not buy it, but it'd be fine. You know what it is? He's auctioning it, and I just don't have the patience. Mm-hmm. I don't just make change out of it. Yeah, I don't just make change. Fifty singles for a fifty dollar bill. I like your I like your entrepreneurial spirit, sir. Thank you. Sir. Thank you. Yeah, I have no patience for online auctions. Just tell me that there are no sweeter words. Uh, in the English language, then when you're like on uh, eBay or something, so you can get like the buy it now. Buy thing. it now. That's what I'm all about. I'm about even if it costs me three times as much. Uh, the idea that I don't have to sit and go back and be re- like refreshing to see if somebody outbid me by like a dime is just I don't have the I got things to do. Here's Tim Riley. An English town has lifted a 44-year ban on the Rolling Stones. They played to sell out audiences throughout the world, except in Blackpool. This after being banned for almost a half a century from the English seaside resort, the Rolling Stones are free to perform there again. Uh, the ban was imposed in 1964 after a riot broke out during one of their early gigs at the Empress Ballroom. Chandeliers were smashed, a Steinway grand piano was trashed, and seats torn out. After a member of the 7,000-strong crowd is said to have spat at guitarist Brian Jones. Yeah. Well, apparently... They say if the Rolling Stones forgive us, we'll forgive them. So now the Rolling Stones are free once again to play in Blackpool. Man, I saw this picture of uh, Keith Richards yesterday on TMZ with that daughter of his, who I think is a model. Yeah. And it's one of those things where she's not ugly, but really she's clearly only got the gig because she's Keith Richards' daughter because she's not a model. I mean, you know, she's fine looking, I suppose, but she's not gorgeous. She doesn't look like a model. But But you know what they do? It, as I always say, it's like that thing of you know looking thin by standing next to fat people or fatter people. They put her right next to her dad, Keith Richards. She's just breathtaking. Oh man, you put anybody next to Keith Richards. You could put a burn victim next to Keith Richards, and they look gorgeous. He, I mean, th- sometimes he looks like a pirate. Sometimes he just looks dead. He he looks like some sort of an elf uh, in this photograph of him. Uh, photograph in this in this photograph of this lithograph they've got of him on the on TMZ. He looks like he just came right out of the Cimmerillion or something. It's it's pretty breathtaking how ugly he really is. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, Playboy plans to release a nudity-free edition. This in the Philippines. In response to strong opposition from conservative groups such as the Catholic Church and prosecution of distributors, Playboy magazine plans to launch a local edition that will not feature nudity. The Playboy edition will be launched as a mature lifestyle magazine. It will include articles of fiction, images of beautiful women with their clothes on, and uh, the Playmate of the Year will be retained. Excellent. This new edition will be the 25th version of Playboy, released in its 50-year history. According to journalist Betting Lego Dolo, it'll be tamer than the U.S. versions, but more risque than the Indonesian edition. Two things. A, I'm sorry, three things. A, uh, yes, they do have a Braille edition of Playboy. B, 
I have said for the longest time that Playboy, maybe less so now because print media is sort of on on the wane. Uh, but I said for a long time that they they should have put out a a, a different label version of Playboy here. Not even call it Playboy. Uh, take all the contents of Playboy magazine, remove the nudity, and put it out under a different title. Because for my money, I'm just saying for me, pound for pound, uh, Playboy magazine is the best magazine in America and has been for years. Uh, I mean, other magazines are great. I read a lot of magazines. But Playboy magazine is the best magazine in the country, uh, hands down. But, of course, there's all kinds of people who don't, who would never read it because you don't want to be seen reading Playboy. And, in fact, in today's environment, you can't be seen reading Playboy in a lot of places. So if Playboy just put out a nudity-free version and called it something else, um, I, I think it would still be a big seller because it's such a great magazine. Uh, C. Wait. See, do you know what I saw at uh, you know what I saw at, uh, a very fine sponsor Jackpot Records the other day, Tim? No, what was, might that be? You know, they're selling on DVD Playboy After Dark. Oh, which is that great show that uh-huh. Hefner hosted in was it early sixties? There were two versions, one in the fifties and the, uh, again in the sixties. Uh, this is volume one, so it might be the fifties. It version. might be the fifties version. I saw it at Jackpot Records actually uh, when we were there for the the, the Colin Malloy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were selling Playboy After Dark on DVD, so I'm going to pick that up. Uh, next time I'm on uh, Hawthorne, I might pick that up. That's there. interesting. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. Well, Duran Duran has kicked off their world tour in odd fashion. Sam and Levon, uh, Levon forgot the lyrics of the smash hit "Hungry Like a Wolf," <laughs> and bassist John Taylor stormed off the stage at one point. Taylor abandoned his instrument in reaction to a segment in which the group's members donned matching satin suits and headsets to play a medley on, on the keyboards and the electric drum set. I could not dance to that. These people came here to dance, said Taylor if he returned to the stage. It was quite a mess. They began their North American tour in Vancouver, B.C., April 29th. Make sure you miss it. A woman was forced by the TSA to remove her nipple rings before she was allowed to board a flight. The woman was given a pair of pliers in order to remove the uh, ring from her nipples. Oh. Says L.A. attorney and attention whore Gloria Allred. <laughs> I can't stand it. The, the, ring, the rings had been in her, her nipples for many years. How does she know that? Allred uh, and <laughs> the woman planned to hold an early afternoon news conference in L.A. to get as much attention <laughs> as possible. Of course. Because no one's paid attention to Gloria already in the past couple of days. To explain uh, what they plan to do to ensure that no other person is forced to suffer the same fate. The TSA does not have a specific policy addressing nipple rings or any other jewelry, says the TSA. Uh, I'd be really curious to know what this woman had in her injuries, said the TSA spokesman. Sometimes they have a chain between the nipples, a chain uh, between the nipples and the belly button. It could have been some kind of heavy metal that could have been detected. This is a news story, by the way. It's Here's a news story. News yeah. hour that she is it's about public safety and transportation. It's from the LA Daily News. Yes. Uh, no matter what it is, if it's something that unduly alarms people and sets off sensors, they must check it. Uh, I've never heard of any of our people having anyone remove something that sounds as small as a nipple ring. That's a good point. Uh, all red. That's Gloria Allred, who demands attention every moment of the day. Uh, said celebrity Nicole Richards had her uh, Nicole Richie had her breasts inspected by a security agent at the airport because of her nipple ring. She has breasts. That's what it says here. She does now after the baby. Oh, I see. Well, do you ever? Oh, that's like, that girl's all class. I don't want to talk a lot about Gloria Allred because why? She'll be on TV in five minutes or something. <laughs> does she kind of look like the Joker to you? Yeah. She kind of looks like the Joker meets Leona Helmsley a little bit. Um. But, I mean, do you ever wonder about Gloria Allred? First of all, does she have, uh, to the best of your knowledge, does she have children? 
She married. I don't know anything about her. See, me either. And I'm just saying these are my constitutionally protected observations about Gloria Allred. She just, she seems so off-putting and just abrasive in many ways. You do wonder if she's a female Harvey Levin, basically. That's a great. That's a great way to put it. I mean, they're both the same type of Hollywood attention whores. But did you ever? They've done nothing on their own. They just seize the opportunity of somebody else. And you look at Gloria Allred, who is, I mean, the thing is, she's, you know, she is a lawyer. I mean, she had the gumption and the whatever to put herself, you know, through law school or whoever put it through law school. But you ever wonder, like, what is wrong with her? Like, what everything? What? I mean, apart from, like, what happened to Gloria? Allred early on, like what? It's like that sound clip they play on Donna Mike about what? What does it? What makes a communist? What? What makes Gloria Allred? Like what? How does that? How is that created? I. And it's like it's it's like Wyatt Earp is talking. It's like in the movie Tombstone, where Wyatt Earp's talking to Doc Holliday about Johnny Ringo, and he goes, he goes, what causes a man like Ringo? What makes him the way he is? What well, what causes Gloria Allred? How is it that that happens? You, do you ever think about people like that, and you, you sort of flash back in your mind to when they were infants, just a, a harmless, bouncing baby sitting in a crib, and you go, this innocent little ball of joy will grow up to be Gloria Allred, you know, or, you know, Harvey, you know, Harvey Levin, or, you know, whoever. And you just sort of wonder exactly what was the day in her childhood when something went wrong. All right. Um, well, let's take a break here. We come back. Somebody about vampires. Oh. Mm-hmm. Somebody else about Craigslist, more D.B. Cooper calls, of course. Tim Riley returns around the corner. We also have um, Bob Costantini coming up later. Uh, Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer, Top 5 and all that. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Go nowhere. a photograph of me sitting on Dr. Laura's That's lap. That's the weirdest thing that you've ever said. Have you seen that picture of me sitting on Dr. Laura's lap? Was I thought it Christmas time. This is Hanukkah. Um, I, uh, I thought I, no, I, it's real. I have it. No, we've known you for years, and this is the first that I've ever heard. Um, when I was uh, working in a different market, we carried the Dr. Laura show. And at one point, she was coming to town to do some seminar, you know, some women's blah, 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 oh, blah, 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 um, some broad thing. Uh, and she was coming to town to do some seminar. And so she came by. I can't remember if she did the show from our station or if she was just on as a guest. I think she may have just come on as a guest. I don't know if she did the show from our station, but we were an affiliate, though. We carried the show. And so she came by. She came and she spent, I think she spent three or four hours at the station. Um, and uh, I think she was on my show in the afternoon. I think she was on with our morning guy. Uh, and um, I, she might have done the show from like another studio because I remember she did have her call screener with her. She brought her call screener along, and actually this is a really cool thing. Her call screener, um, I got, I convinced her call screener to do a like a brief, like a forty-five minute call screening seminar for all of the call screeners that worked at the station at that time. And I forget her call screener's name, Carolyn, I think. Um, but anyway, so I got Carolyn, her call screener, to, to go in the conference room, and I called all the call screeners. I'm like, you got to come to work. Like, get in your car. Come down here now. Uh, and they sat in the room, and Dr. Laura's call screener gave them, like, a 45-minute crash course on how to be a really good – and it was fantastic. She was really good. Her call screener, like, had – she knows what the hell she's doing. Um, but at, at one point in that day, there is a photograph that was taken in the studio of the radio station where it's me, my friend Todd, uh, who I think you've met, mm-hmm. uh, my friend <clears throat> Martin, who I worked with at the time, and Dr. Laura – and I am 
is sort of sitting on her lap, and then the other two guys are sort of around her. And so it's me, these two other guys at the station, and Dr. Laura, and we're all sort of piled into a chair together. That's really bizarre. And, I got, and I'm all bloaty, and I got my long ass, like my stupid, my big Howard Stern hair and everything. It's a terrible photograph, but it's pretty funny. It's an artifact. I cannot believe that you have not told us about I this. I swear to God, I, I thought I thought Tim, it was one of those things. Tim, do you I, remember this? I don't remember this, no. I thought it was one of those things I talked about, like, too much. Okay. Well, I always get those two confused. So uh, <laughs> Too much and not at all. Yeah, I'll find it. I have it at home. I'll, I'll bring it back in. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So anyway, uh, apparently this uh, new police protection on the Max is working like a charm because one of the cars on the Max was covered with graffiti inside yesterday. I had to well done. riding on it. It was car 312A. Where are you? 312A. And uh, it was covered with graffiti spray-painted on the seats, windows, walls, everywhere on this thing. And nobody noticed it till it got... This is a blue line from Gresham. So apparently, between Gresham and 170th, where the ticket... Wa- with the ticket inspectors actually get on, so you can ride from Gresham to 170th free because nobody gets on before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody noticed that this car was covered inside with graffiti. <laughs> so between Gresham and almost to Hillsborough, there was nobody on there to stop any of this stuff. So it happened at some point there. This is a car 310. Did you ever see really in-depth graffiti in a place like that? And this is the war. Even the guy who got on, the inspector, said, I've never seen anything like this. So he called him two-way. And, and you, but you see it and you wonder... Like, how did anybody not see it? Because it's the type of graffiti that must have taken a long time. Yeah, it was everywhere. I mean, and you, you and saw it like, was dry. And you look and you go, like, this must have taken 90 minutes. Like, how is it that no one... Uh, like, in New York, I think they've solved this problem. They got some new kind of glass or whatever. But in the New York subways for a while, there was this thing where... Uh, I think Giuliani had something where they, they... There was some sort of weird Teflon coating they started putting on it where spray paint was very easily wiped away. It was some sort of surface that was resistant to paint. Mm-hmm. And so they'd spray it and the cops would come down and wipe it and it'd be clean. And so then you gotta you kinda gotta hand you gotta hand it to criminals. Then they started doing this thing where they would just etch the glass with acid. They would somehow bring like little acid things with them and like shh, and just acid the windows. Uh, and now they've managed to stop that, I think. But you but you're looking at it, you go, well that takes some time and some doing and really the logistically is a little difficult. Mm-hmm. How is it that no one spots that and says and like calls the man about it? So yeah. Well, yeah, apparently. Well, because they know that all this police protection were promised uh, shows up sporadically. Yeah. So somebody between where they started in Gresham to 170th, which was like miles and miles away, nobody got on in spot of this. It's like that. It's like in Fahrenheit 9/11, where there's that one cop who patrols the entire the entire yeah. coastline. There's one cop for the entire Max system. Jesus. So uh. that's all the protection that people are promised on the blue line. But luckily, people do get on at 170th. So you're safe from 170th on if you're right on the west side because right. they check for tickets there. So anyway, that happened yesterday. I figured I'd just... Uh, we've got uh, vampires or Craigslist. Yeah, only if it's about babies. <laughs> only babies on Is Craigslist. this a Craigslist baby story, sir? It's not a baby story, but you're gonna, you're definitely gonna call it one of the best stories ever. Definitely. Uh, definitely. How sure on that are you? I'm pretty confident. Um, what do we get to do to you if it's not one of the best stories ever? Hmm. Well, I don't know. What do you have in mind, Rick? Uh, I'm gonna steal this. This is uh, stolen from Donna Mike. Uh, so how about this? If the story is not one of the best stories ever, uh, you give us your phone number and everybody can call you and tell you how bad the story was. Well, that's pretty tough. I'm just, well, you were confident a second ago. Well, I'm, I'm pretty confident. One of the confident, best but, stories ever. But, you know, you, you throw a phone number out there and people just call for the hell of it. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, what would be the point otherwise? Otherwise, it would be a lackluster and ineffective punishment. Uh, how, okay, about how, bring, about, how about I bring something in that you can uh, donate or give away? How about this? How about this? How about 
Uh, if the story is the best story ever, we will acknowledge as such, or one of the best stories ever. If uh, the story is not one of the best stories ever, we will not give out your phone number. We'll give out your email address. Um, I, uh, okay. Okay, and it's got to be your real email address. It's got to be the. It's got to be your primary uh, personal email account. And you are on your honor system here. Sure. So you, I don't sure, want you to give them like some fake one that's just for spammers. No, 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 I'll your, do that. Your primary personal email address. Sure. All right. Are we all witnesses to this man? Yes. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, sir. What is your story? Okay. Um, I went to uh, call a babysitter to see if, uh, obviously, she could watch the kids so my wife and I could go out. And uh, I dialed her cell phone, and some guy answers the phone. And I realized it obviously wasn't a 12-year-old babysitter, so I started to apologize, saying, I'm sorry, I must have the wrong number. And before I could even finish, I think I said, I'm sorry, and then the guy just starts cussing at me and just yelling expletives across the phone at me. And I hung up, he hung up on me, and it really kind of torqued me, kind of irritated me. And I thought, you know, when you're trying to apologize to somebody, there's no reason to get, to get all snippy. So uh, I called him back, and he answered again, and I quickly hung up and called him back and got his voicemail. Well, the night before, I had watched the Saw movies, and so I decided to play a game with him. I like where we're going. So I decided like to play a okay. game with him. So I, so I said, uh, I, well, first off, I Googled his phone number, and the guy was a moron, and his MySpace page popped up with a photo and a big description about him and how he doesn't like drama was his big thing. <laughs> and, uh, okay. And so, uh, so, like I said, I called him back and got his voicemail. And so I said, hello, John, it's time to play a game. <laughs> I said, you were incredibly rude to a stranger who was trying to apologize for you, and there's no call for that. So over the next couple of days, you're going to get many phone calls, as your phone number is now appearing on Craigslist because you have a car to give away and a lot of other stuff like that. I said, you're going to be nice to every single person, and you're going to be polite to every single person. And if you do, your phone number will go off Craigslist, and everything will go back to normal in two days. And if you don't, you're going to continue because there's people much smarter than you that are going to mess with you. This guy was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. I did it on a Friday night, and I'm sure, you know, you're 21. Your cell phone is your livelihood on a of Friday night. Of course, you can't not answer it. Of course. And so his cell phone obviously blew up because I had a couple friends try to call it uh, midday, late Saturday, and it would just roll right into his voicemail. And then by Sunday, his voicemail was full. Fantastic. And he couldn't even get in. So uh, I called probably about midday Sunday, and he answered the phone. And I said, hey, I'm calling regarding a Craigslist ad. I see you have a Honda that you're looking to get rid of for really cheap. And the guy's like, no, sir, I'm sorry. No, sir, I'm sorry. That's a mistake, sir. I'm very <laughs> sorry that you took your time, sir. That was a total mistake, sir. And so, you know, so I went back on and I removed all the Craigslist Excellent. ads. But, uh, you know, I decided to teach a little bastard a lesson, you know. Okay, you know what? This is one of the best stories ever. Oh, thank you. Well done. Congratulations, Excellent. my friend. Thank you. That was a, a great, great job. And, uh, yes, you have brought entertainment to the masses. Thank you, sir. Hey, Rick, uh, I used to, I don't know if you remember, I used to call you way back when you had your old show, and uh, I'm a, a PI. Which old show? Oh, many old shows. Okay. Many, many of the handfuls of ones that you've had in the Portland area. Yes, sir. And you used to refer to me as your PI in Portland. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember yeah. That? Okay. Yeah, your last name starts with an O. You're right. Okay. Say, yeah. tell me it's not a steel trap up here. There uh, you go. Yes, I do remember. Excellent. So, uh, at one point, were you not an advertiser? Um, I, I wasn't an advertiser. I thought about it, but I, but I just didn't, you know, small company, just, just myself, and so just wasn't, wasn't You know, feasible, we can create a package that meets your needs specifically. Sir. You know what? I bet you could. Yes, I could. All right. Well, in any event, thank you. That was a great story. Well done. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. There you go. Excellent. Wonderful. That was a good story. That was a pretty great story. there was story. a lesson learned. All right. Here's Tim Riley. 
Now, State Department is instructing all personnel at the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad not to leave the reinforced structures due to incoming insurgent fire that killed two American government workers. Also, that missed. Mm-hmm. Employers are required to wear helmets and other protective gear if they venture outside. And they're being advised to sleep at blast-resistant locations. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Instead of the trailers that they mostly occupy. And uh, they've also been told they shouldn't be going out and uh, shopping at Bloomingdale's in downtown Baghdad oh, for a while. By the way, speaking of uh, hiding inside and not going out, so I got the Mist DVD yesterday. Oh. Um, oh, did you watch it again? Uh, I started to. I'm about halfway uh. done, and I got distracted with some other things. But, so the great thing is so I got the Mist. It's, it, the Mist is the two-DVD set. And the great thing about the, the special edition uh, Mist two-DVD set is... That the first disc is just the regular theatrical version, the commentary and whatever. The second disc has the mist in black and white, which is the way he originally wanted to release it. Uh, he originally filmed it, shot it, wanted to release it as a black and white film. And then the studio was like, well, look, it's already like the most depressing film ever made. It's already like soul rape. So, you know... uh, we're not going to let you also do it in black and white. You, you have to put it in color. So, But on the DVD, there is a black and white version. And I have to tell you, as as dark and as just unrelentingly grim and horrifying as that movie is in color, you don't know from horrifying. In black and white, it becomes so much more disturbing. Because it's just... It kinda really? That, yeah, because it's kind of got that stark horror movie feel to it. And it feels more grainy and sort of like you are there. It almost feels like you're watching surveillance footage at some points. That's why I don't like it one bit, because it does feel like you're there. Yeah, it feels... you're like you're trapped in that place with them. It's very claustrophobic feeling. Uh, I'm only about halfway through, and I was just like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go watch, I gotta watch South Park or something. It was, it was really messing with me. So uh, that's out on DVD this week. Here's Tim Riley. John McCain delivered a major policy speech in Los Angeles at the World Affairs Council. He spoke about the importance of building a League of Democracies to deal with Iran, and of course, we'll be in charge of it. And if we get this League of Democracies together, and we act together, and it's not a formal organization, and we act together to impose very strong, tough, meaningful sanctions on what is already a very weak economy in Iran because they have a lousy government, then I think it could have some very beneficial effects. So it sounds like because Bush isn't being able to have this war in Iran that he wants, and if McCain is elected, then he'll just pick up where he left oh, off. Of course. Right? No, no, it will be one unbroken chain. And that's what Americans want. Exactly. Uh, McCain said the league will bring together many nations with a common cause, ours. We have to strengthen our global alliances as the core of a new global compact, a league of democracies that can <laughs> harness the vast influence of the more than 100 democratic nations around the world. Do we have allies left? I, I thought they were all gone. Yeah, we have a couple of Bulgarians over there. Iceland. Yeah. Iceland. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Hillary says it's time to get back to our values. We've been stalled. I would say, for at least. Oh, this seven is years. sensitive, Hillary. And you can tell from the voice. We need to get back into gear oh, and, and move forward now, together. Now, not shouty, Hillary again. All right. Now that we're all tired of politics, after only three sound bites. It's time to talk about this Sunday's WrestleMania 24. Yeah! It's generating a ton of buzz for its showdown between WBC welterweight champion Floyd Money Mayweather and Big Show. This classic David versus Goliath battle could be a mistake for the main... Uh, for Are the you reading a press release? Well, I'm trying to make sense of th something I usually don't watch. And this is... Uh, I think this is WrestleMania 34? 24. 24. Really? Mm -hmm. I, I should, full disclosure, I was a huge uh, pro wrestling fan when I was a kid, and I still sort of appreciate it, but I don't really watch it anymore, so I'm sort of out of touch with the, the, today's uh, wrestling fans. But this is for the kids. Okay. 
I'm trying to get down with the children. Uh, Mayweather, during an appearance oh, last night on the Larry King Show, said he sees it as just another challenge. I always like big challenges, uh, doing something different, stepping outside the box. Done dancing with the stars, I've dominated in the field of boxing. Now it's time to move on to something that's, that's bigger and better. And there's nothing bigger than, than the, uh, the WWE. Wait, so Larry King was interviewing a professional wrestler? Sure, why not? I wonder, what do you suppose that interview even consisted of, though? I mean, really, what does Larry King have to ask a pro wrestler? Whatever's written on the card. <laughs> I mean, I get that's that's always the answer. Let's go outside to the King Can, <laughs> and then he talks about his uh, internet site. And he has, probably has no idea. You can the card email us online at uh, dot slash forward at king dot slash. Uh, the I, I just I, I mean I guess he just has the questions prepared for him on guests like this. But I just wonder how far Larry King could possibly take a professional wrestling interview. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Big Show explains why he will wrestle Floyd Mayweather Jr. Obviously, it's a great chance for me to be a part of WrestleMania, the biggest event ever. Be in the ring with a great boxing champion like Floyd Mayweather. I mean, pound for pound, he is the greatest fighter on the planet. Wait, so he's, a, he's an actual boxer, and now he's going to be doing a pro wrestling thing? I guess so. This is a, that's sort of like a throwback to the old days, where it's like if you were, uh, you know, when when you were a boxer who was sort of on the outs in the fifties and sixties, that's kind of where you'd end up. Is you'd end up in the, you know, doing uh, wrestling matches as they used to be called. Oh, by the way, I've got this hate mail here. I want to hear. Yeah, it. you said you were going to post well, it. I want to see it. I the, love hate. Here's the so do I. Uh, hate's really what uh, hate's what feeds me and keeps me warm at night, Tim. Hate makes the world go round. Um, so uh, I can't read this on the air. Um, and what good is it? Well, it's here's the thing. The, here's the horrible irony of this hate mail. I can't read it on the air. Or can I? What if I remove... What would it sound like if I removed all the profanity? Hold on. And substitute the words for something else. Okay. Yes, like a substitute with cotton candy. No, fudge. Fudge is funny. Cotton candy's funny. You bet. We're trying to help. Wait. Um, What's another word that's funny? Another What's another a single word Grapes. that's funny? Grapes. <laughs> We're closer. How about um, mittens? Mittens. Your show sucks fat mittens. Rick Emerson show mittens fat syphilis mittens. Rick E is the mittens bitch mittens boy ever. Your show is weak. You are weak. I despise 970 for adding a regurgitated hour of your mittens every weekday. You are a lucky mittens for maintaining a career as long as you have. Rick, you suck. Entertainer of the year. What a load of mittens, you mittening knob. I heard you announce your own award on the air. Mittens you. Mittens you. Mittens you. Mostly just for being a bore, but also for mittens and being a crybaby bedwetting mittens. <laughs> mittens show ever. Okay, that's the funny version. Um, I only have one copy, so we'll go to Sarah first. Okay. Uh, we'll just listen to you read this. It's pretty short. And then you tell me. I'm thinking about posting it so people can... Wow. That's what I'm saying. Wow. But see, here's the thing. Do you even think it's real? I mean, it seems like it is, but it seems like it can't be. Do you know what I mean? It seems as... as people um, can be cruel. It is true. That's just inappropriate. As H.P. Lovecraft would say. It well, is... they spelled syphilis wrong. <laughs> The thing that should not be. Tim, that's not safe for work, by the way, Tim, just so you're aware. It is vile. There's some blue language there. Oh my but God. we're in our, our secret yeah. special radio box Lots right of mittens in that email. Hmm. Yeah. The mittening just kind of goes on forever. Well. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? 
<laughs> like, how do you even... How do you even... Uh... You can't even describe it. So let me ask you this, and I have it... He doesn't repeat the same profanities twice. No, he's very fluid. Uh, I have it all written. I haven't hit submit on my blog yet, so I'm going to ask you guys this before I post it. Uh, and we'll just go Sarah to Tim. With his email address or without? Uh, I'm not going to post his email address. That's uh, Don't feed the troll. Uh, but um, do you think it's real? Yes. Yes. You do? Yeah. Uh-huh. See? But, so do I, but it's like, how could anybody... That person hates you. People can. They, he hates us all. Mm-hmm. I Wait, mean... can I see? Can I see that one? Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to... Okay, so you think I should post it? Now, by the way, I put like a thousand... That seems like a made-up name, his name. Uh, I, I'm not going to put even his first name. Okay, no, uh, no, that's fine. No, I'm you, just saying his name seems made uh, up. On my site, I put like a thousand not-safe-for-work uh, things at the top. So, this thing I'm about to post, not-safe-for-work, all right? It is... Fu- There's no nudity, no what... It's not a picture. It's just... It's full of profanity. It is not safe for work in any way Not unless you work life. unless you work here or at a bar so um and it says i received this email yesterday and i've been strangely fascinated by it ever since is it real is it fake after a full day pondering i'm still not sure i didn't even get the the joke how you're entertainer of the year yeah draw your own he's not very bright not to draw your own conclusions uh so i am posting this right now not safe for work uh but okay and there we go. Okay, it is. Uh, I am sending it to rickemerson.com uh, right now. Well, he seems to know a lot of our lexicon, so obviously, even though he is full of hate, he must listen to the show. Yeah. Right. Thank not you for listening. He, not only did he listen to the best of hour, he listened to the current hour. After that, he hates you so much. Yes. <laughs> but why he sure did, showed you, Rick Emerson. If they hate him, why do they listen? Uh, anyway, so... I guess that's one of the world's greatest mysteries. By the way, if you go to RickEmerson.com, you'll see that I put... There are really, like, 19 different things. Not safe for work. All caps. Um, so, go to RickEmerson.com right now if you feel you're in a place where you can read this. Read this email. Uh, we probably won't do, you know, the whole poll out or anything, but I would be curious to know if... I totally think that's real. That hate seems real. <laughs> you can't deny the power of this hate on KCMD Portland. The power of hate compels him. All right. I might frame this. AM 970, the power of hate. Oh, hey, Tim, I'm glad you said that. You know what I've got today? Uh, Prize? <laughs> yes. Also, Max voiced a bunch of new station names for us. Oh, he did. So we can cycle through them and give them a listen later and see which one we like. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, you can call him the Iron Chef. Chef Paul Prudhomme kept cooking in New Orleans after he was grazed by a bullet. The New Orleans Times Picayune reports he was cooking at a golf tournament when an odd incident occurred. My, this is odd too. It won't play. When an odd incident occurred. All of a sudden, I heard a sort of little zing and a puff, and zing. I felt something on my arm, and then I uh, sort of rolled up my sleeve, and what I did, uh, that was a that was a twenty-two caliber bullet right there. It was fi- fired a mile and a half. From the course, he kept cooking until late afternoon for players and caddies. He is the first American-born chef of Commander's Palace in New Orleans and is considered responsible for popularizing Cajun cuisine. So, is it, so is he? Is it that he's just like so massive that the bullet didn't even penetrate him? He's a superman. <laughs> okay. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Uh, hi, hi, Rick. How are you doing? Uh, gosh, God. I want, him hey. to be, I want him to be busted for some crime so he can be the Teflon chef, yes? <laughs> At any rate, so <laughs> I, I don't understand why people don't exercise their right to change the channel. What's up with that? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, so I mean, well, that's why they don't. Really, I mean, fine. It doesn't matter to me. I Yeah, the, 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 the notion that if you don't like it, you should just change the channel. I mean, 
that's I'm not trying to belittle your observation. I'm just saying that's like not such a known thing at this point that I don't I don't even bother asking people that anymore. When I go, why don't you change the channel? You know, people are crazy, and there are people who just like being kicked in the virtual junk all the time. Uh, there are people who just love things that they hate, you know? So uh, those well, are, that's a thing you run into probably in all forms of entertainment, but in radio, you run into that all the time. People who hate you, despise you, uh, but just cannot live without the show. So, Well, there you are. Uh, as, as all of your audience, we can't live without the show. All right. Thank you, my the friend. Show over. Thank you. All right. There you go. There's that guy. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, former free bassist Andy Frazier is singing out in support of Barack Obama. The classic rocker who penned the classic theme, All Right Now, has established the politically charged website ObamaRocks08.com. Yes. He's also posted a new song, Obama, Yes We Can, in which he echoes the Democratic presidential hopeful's campaign message of hope, change, and unity. I can't understand. I can't understand anything he's saying. Are you sure? Maybe because it's not very good. <laughs> Has he had a stroke or something? Yeah. <laughs> is he? I mean, Dick, Dick Clark is singing. <laughs> I was going to go with the Jan Berry joke, but Dick Clark, sure. Mm -hmm. That curve. Uh, the. Can you play that again? Sadly, uh, tell me if you understand anything this guy's saying. Can we bring about the change? Can we bring about the change? Really? In a different kind of world. Stand up. Stand up. Your voice was heard. Okay, just stop. Okay, stop this for a second. with me. That was amazing, because you got everyone. Literally, I got the stand up. I couldn't understand. That's kind of freaky just now. Why could you understand that and I couldn't? That's like one of those ringtones that only teenagers can hear. <laughs> That was really bizarre. I couldn't understand a goddamn word. And you... Play that one more time, if you would. You can't hear that. You can't hear No, I can't understand a single... I mean, I'll take your word for it that that's what he's saying. Okay, no, I, well, whatever. Well, there's that guy. Hooray! Uh, has anybody done, um, We Will, We Will, you know, Barack You? No. That seems like another one somebody ought to be doing. We've, we've already got, we've already got our plate full, uh, over here, uh, you know, on our, on our side of the, uh... The best thing is how he gives it, like, a little bit of, uh. I'm tired of my party. Could it be more white? We were down on our luck. See that little trill? That's not bad. Lifetime politicians only out for a buck. And then at home, he does have better diction than the other guy. Yeah, he really does. Reading Craigslist online, and he's a better singer than I am. How sad is that? And in the personal section, you know this pose caught my eye. If you like Barack Obama versus more of the same. Seriously, we put a harmony on this. It's gonna be the best thing ever. Now I'm nervous. And you're tired of the games. Vote with me for Obama. 
and be an agent of change. Yeah, that's genius. I don't care what anybody says. It's gold. Here's Tim Riley. It's creepy, and it's from Mesticato. A man's panty raid has landed him behind bars. Uh, Michael Stevens of Estacada was caught hiding in a woman's bedroom closet. The woman and her husband say they gave Michael Stevens a key so he could house sit for them, but he never returned it. She thought he had gone into the home several times without being caught, and he was arrested last month for being there. Stevens has been sentenced, uh, he was sentenced earlier this week to 22 months on burglary charges. He was also advised by a judge to get treatment, but was not ordered to register as a sex offender. So this is a woman. Oh, I see. He was taking the woman's panties oh, we got out of a, her drawer. I got another one of those yesterday. Oh, here we go. I don't know where this is from. Oh, this is from Bethany? But I don't think it's Bethany, Oregon. It's Bethany someplace. Uh, police are looking for a man with a fetish for panties who may be responsible for a sexual assault. Blah, 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 blah. So there's a whole lot of, you know, grabbing and groping and whatever. Uh, but then it says here... A 19-year-old woman found, told police she found a note on her car in the parking lot. The note said the woman would be paid $20 if she would leave a pair of soiled panties by a trash bin at the complex. <laughs> <laughs> the note read in part, I was wondering if you could help me with my panty fetish. Anyway. Leave it by the trash bin? That's a man with no self-esteem. Please leave them by the trash bin, won't you? Here's Tim Riley. The inventor of the Egg McMuffin is dead. Oh, wait, is this a snuff watch? It is. All right, here's your snuff watch for uh, Thursday and the Rick Emerson Show. Herb Peterson, who invented the Egg McMuffin as a way to introduce breakfast to McDonald's restaurants, has died. He was 89. He died peacefully in the Santa Barbara home. Well, that's the only way to go in Santa Barbara, really. He began his career with McDonald's Corporation as vice president of the company's advertising firm, Darcy Advertising in Chicago. He wrote McDonald's first national advertising slogan, where quality starts fresh every day. Peterson eventually became a franchisee and was currently co-owner and operator of six McDonald's in Santa Barbara and Goleta. Well, that sounds good. He came up with the idea for the signature McDonald's breakfast item in 1972. He was very partial to Eggs Benedict, so he worked to create something similar. The egg sandwich consisted of an egg that had been uh, formed in a Teflon circle with the yolk broken, top of the piece of cheese, and grilled Canadian bacon. It was served open-faced on a toasted and buttered English muffin. The Egg McMuffin made its debut at a restaurant in Santa Barbara that Peterson co-owned with his son, David. And uh, Peterson uh, still visited all six of the stores in Santa Barbara up until last year when his health continued to deteriorate. He would talk to customers, visit with the employees. He loved McDonald's. Uh, this man named Franker, who worked with Peterson for 30 years, says he was amazing as far as giving back to the community. He embraced Santa Barbara, and the community embraced him. We love the man. Now, does it say how much he was paid to create the... Was he... No, it does not. Because you always hear that story about, like, the guy who made the Big Mac. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget that guy's name. He created the Big Mac, and they gave him, like, $75 in a T-shirt mm -hmm. or something. Uh, like, uh, did I tell the story on the other day when I was reading Starbucks? The guy who invented the Frappuccino. So there's this guy. Uh, the Frappuccino was invented by, as these things always are, just like the Big Mac, just like the Epic Muffin, the Frappuccino was invented by some guy at a Starbucks in... You know, Orange County somewhere. Some guy wasn't a manager. He wasn't, uh, I mean, he wasn't high up in the company. He was just some guy worked at a Starbucks. And he had a bunch of things in the freezer left over. And he's like, what can I make out of these? And I think it was a heat wave or something. And he's like, what can I make out of this? 
you know, with the ingredients that I have, sort of like the Apollo 13 of uh, coffee making. And it was like, well, I have ice, I have like cocoa powder or whatever, and milk and coffee. What can I do? Well, I'll blend them all together. <laughs> Frappuccino. And, of course, that now accounts for something like 14% of Starbucks' total income. The, the guy, I think they gave him $2,000. I think that was it. And, oh, also, you lose all rights to it. And he actually, he told the saddest story where not only did Starbucks only give him a couple grand for the Frappuccino, um, but he, he then found that no one would believe him when he told them that he, had, that he had invented it. And the saddest story ever, as told in his book Starbucks, which you really ought to read, um... I'm going to wait until that comes out in paperback. I'm going to get that author on the show, Taylor Clark. It's a really great book. Um, but this guy who invented the Frappuccino told the saddest story about being in line at, this, at like a supermarket at one point, and there was this like cute girl in front of him buying a Frappuccino, and he goes, hey, I invented that. And she just kind of goes, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. And he, said, like, he just never mentioned it again. <laughs> he just kept it to himself forever. Um, also, here's an, two other things like that. I read a great interview sometime back with the guy who created Minesweeper uh, for the PC, and with the Minesweeper, which they have now deduced by some formula, is the most widely used computer application, like in the history of everything. And they asked the guy how much he was paid to make Minesweeper. The guy, ah, $150, I think. And they calculated that if he had been paid like half a cent for each copy of it, he would still have made like $3 million. Oh, and they gave sucks. him like 100 bucks and like a hat. Um, finally, that guy still fared better than the guy who created Tetris, because the guy who, his name is, um, Patrick, something or other, a uh, bunch of syllables and a, and, a, and a like that O with a line through it. Some Russian uh, mathematician who created Tetris, but of course, and Tim will see this coming a mile away. He created Tetris and for it received the grand total of nothing because it was all done for the glory of Mother Russia. And so the USSR just thanks for creating Tetris and just took everything. So that guy just sits around and is sort of bitter and I think drinks a lot. So there you go. Egg McMuffin guy, dead. There's your snuff watch for Thursday. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there appears to be truth to reports that expectant Zoe 101 star Jamie Lynn Spears is engaged. Mm. Tina Robinson, the cousin of Spears' boyfriend and father of her 18-year-old child, Casey Aldridge, tells Us Magazine that Aldridge proposed to Spears a few days ago, and she happily accepted. Robinson also says uh, she had not seen the ring and doesn't know if the couple will marry before or after the 16-year-old Spears has the baby. Jamie Lynn Spears is the younger sister of Brittany and is due this summer. After announcing her pregnancy in December, Jamie Lynn told OK Magazine that the word she is expecting was a shock. For both her and Aldrich. Well, I have to ask Dorothy Carcassari. Uh, do we have her on today? Yes, we do. Awesome. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, this is Logan. Logan, <laughs> long time no talk. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good, pretty good. How's life? Are you on spring break? Yeah, I am. Uh, what what grade are we in now? Seventh. Seventh grade. How's seventh grade treating you? Okay, I guess. All right, don't take any guff mm. from the teachers. <laughs> well, I have a relation that's kind of delayed, but I'm uh, to the mist. Yes. Yeah, I saw that in, like, the Wonderland Theater in Milwaukee with my, with, like, I don't want to be, like, racist or anything, but with my black friends. Yes. You, so you have many friends that are black. Most of the black population in Milwaukee are my friends. All right, excellent. Because there's only, like, five. But, Thank you. But, um... Thanks for helping to bridge the gap, Logan. <laughs> together, if we, together we can, uh, we can heal this nation. <laughs> and so you saw The Mist. 
Yeah, and right the like the very depressing end. Let's not give oh, let's not God. give the ending no, I'm away. Not gonna, I'm not going to give it away, but yeah. it, it, it's very depressing. Yes, it is. And um, what was I? Going? Oh yeah, like the black people of the movie stereotype really came to life right then. With the, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and just like the finger snapping and all that crap. <laughs> it was, I'm not being, I'm not being no, a bigot here. No, but of course, no. you've had black people in your home. Yes. Yes. All yeah. Right. And a big plans for the rest of your spring break, Logan? Um, well, not really. But nothing really. I went to Seattle yesterday, which was really fun. What did one do? What did you, what did you go in Seattle? Logan? Well, my dad was working there, so we went to visit him. So did you? I mean, did you do anything exciting, or was it just a, a trip there, and then you like sat and watched him like collate documents or something? <laughs> no, we um. Uh, well, he got off work early, so we like went to the Boeing Air Museum and stuff. Excellent. Uh, you should try to uh, catch the Sci-Fi Museum next time you're up there. All right, that sounds cool. All right, enjoy your spring break, Logan. All right, well, thank you. Thank you. That's uh, that's Logan, who is uh, helping to unite uh, black and white. I would never, ever want to see that last scene in black and white, ever. Oh, ever. no, it's never. Uh, I never want to see that movie again. It was really good. Never want to see it again. It, it, the, boy, the documentaries are really good, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, seeing The Mist in black and white, it's just it's just so much worse. I mean, you're watching it. Just, I mean, it's a great movie. It's it so It is well a great done. movie. Like, I, I suggest anybody watch it, but damn, it's I just, never, ever, I just... Him talking about the ending all of a sudden yeah. made me realize that I never want to see that movie. Yeah, again. and I'm just, I'm watching it unfold in black and white, and I'm not to the pharmacy sequence yet where they go next door, uh, but I, I'm just yeah. uh, as they're, uh, how do I put this? I'm just as they're taping up the windows uh, in the store, and you're about to see the small things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow. And it's like I already know that pharmacy scene is coming. That's the worst thing about it. And apparently in black and white, that pharmacy sequence is even more horrifying. Oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Okay, i got to stop. No, no, no. Yeah. Right. You shouldn't do that to yourself. No, i got to I got to watch something happy. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, police have charged a Plainfield, Connecticut man with larceny for allegedly stealing a copper gutter from a church during Easter services. Paul Bissonnette is accused of removing 30 feet of gutter as nearly 20 parishioners attended Easter service at All Hallows Church. Uh, police said a woman heard a noise and somebody called police. Authorities say Bissonette quickly folded up the gutter and walked away with it. A police dog tracked the 44-year-old to his house. He was arrested and charged with 6-degree larceny and 3rd-degree criminal mischief. He was released on $2,500 bond. See, I guess this is a clergy watch. We have a clergy, here's your clergy watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio program. in Florida, too. A Winter Park, Florida minister is accused of where? Winter Park, Florida. Damn it. A minister there is accused of wanting to play doctor and have sex with what he thought was a 15-year-old girl. Investigators uh, and, uh, let's see, music minister John Aldrich from First United Methodist Church in Winter Park made contact with an undercover officer posing as a young girl. Uh. Information from St. Lucie County Sheriff's Office says Aldrich allegedly had Cyber sex with the officer who was posing as the girl. For the next two weeks, uh, there were several conversations. Some of the talks were graphic. Detectives said the conversations began uh, become more intense. And at one point, 
The minister used a webcam during some of the chat oh, sessions. It's always a cop. Why don't they know this by now? It's always a cop. Always. Look, there is. Look, <laughs> there is no 15-year-old girl. There is girl. no 15-year-old <laughs> girl. There never is. There never is a teenager. There's never uh, like a hot 17-year-old cheerleader on the other end. There's never, uh, like, uh, two Girl Scouts who are home for the summer and they're looking for a priest to show them the ways of love. There's, it's always an FBI agent. I guess we should be grateful that criminals are stupid, but seriously, come and on. And why are we giving these uh, men of the cloth computers? I don't know. That's what causes all the problems. Yeah. Apparently they took his desktop and a laptop, so he had two. Uh, here were at least uh, eight different vocal groups, including the children's choir uh, at the church. Of course. There there you go. There's Thank your you clergy watch, watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Because I got to have Two things. One, uh, so George Michael, uh, we as we revealed yesterday in the program, he's going to be touring America. Yes. He's coming that to so awesome. Seattle. Yes. Okay, I'm totally going to go to that. I will go see George Michael. Um, but he didn't, I didn't really think about this yesterday, but he said he's going to be singing all of his big hits, right? Yes. So I wonder if that means that he is either A, he's in some sort of financial trouble, or B, if he has sort of made peace with his past. Because remember at one point he, he had sort of renounced the whole faith period. Uh, that's what that uh, the Freedom video was about, where it showed him blowing up the jukebox and setting fire to the, the British Air Force jacket. Uh, and he had that great line about, um, when you shake your ass, they notice fast, and some mistakes were built to last and whatever, where he was kind of like, he, he you know, he didn't he didn't really, he had, I don't know if it was disingenuous or not, but he, he sort of didn't like the sort of fame that he had gotten off the faith record for whatever that's worth. So I, it must be that he either needs the money or just is okay with it at this point, because he was really working to distance himself from that faith period for a long time. Yeah, because the album itself is uh, greatest hits and a few new things. And then, uh, and then he'd done that. Do you remember when he did that Praying for Time song? Oh, yeah. Uh, where it was like he was going through some weird... He was doing what they all do, where they have some massive success... And then they have, like, the big spiritual uh, crisis and then finding of faith that happens afterwards. Because mm -hmm. Alanis Morissette did the same thing, uh, where it's, like, the one album that just blows up really oh, big. Oh, like, crap, thank you. And, oh. yeah, and then they always do that. They always get all of their prayers answered. They get a billion dollars. And then suddenly, I feel so empty. Uh, and then they find God or Vishnu or whoever. Uh, and so she was singing a thank you. And then uh, Lauren Hill, apparently, boy, you talk about somebody that we've all forgotten about. Lauren Hill had that one record. Which, to be fair, I never really liked in the first place. But that miseducation of Lauren Hill record, um, and then she apparently has turned into some nutcase where she's following around some guru who's doing whatever, some guy who doesn't bathe, uh, and that's why she hasn't put any record. I saw an interview with um, who's the guy? Not Wyclef. Is it uh, is it Pros? Is that the other guy from the Black Eyed Peas? Not, I don't know. not the Black Eyed Peas. Was it the Black Eyed Peas? The Lauren Hill was it? Wait, no, the the Fugees. Um, yeah. Uh, the it, but just the guy that's not Wyclef. Um, and I think it's Praz is the guy. Is his name? He's the guy that did uh, Ghetto Superstar. Ghetto Superstar. That is what you... Anyway, whatever. The other guy from the black uh, from the uh, the yeah, Fugees, I'm, I'm totally drawing a blank. Right somebody now. asked him. They're like, Hey, is there ever going to be a Fuji's reunion? Because remember, they were they had that one album that was really big. That one oh, moment where everybody loved about them. This. And they're like, So what about any? And I, I'm paraphrasing here. So if I don't get the quote exactly right, but I, they said so. Uh, Hey, Fuji's guy, what's up? Are you going to a reunion? He's like, oh, that Lauren Hill, she crazy. Yeah, that you know? bitch is crazy. Yeah, totally. He's like, she's nuts. 
So the last time I saw Lauren Hill was when I put a picture of her on my blog. I remember, and she looked like a crazy clown lady. I remember yeah. that. She looked just bonkers. Yeah. So I guess I guess she got uh, really famous, and then uh, you know did some hole where she needs to go find Jesus thing or whatever. So I hopefully George Michael is out of that phase now. Um, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, hi, Rick. Hey, hey, you. You guys, <laughs> yeah, it's me. You guys just did a, a snuff watch. Yes, we did. Well, you missed one today. One of your favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption. Yes. The, the guy who played Brooks. Um, James uh, Whitmore. James Whitmore. Yep, he died yesterday. Yeah, right that was yesterday. Eight. I yep. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I know. No, that was Bummer. yesterday. Oh, that sucks. We never got to it, but I must have missed that somehow. I'm sorry. Oh, he was he was great. I really uh I I re he was he was so great and he's done a lot of things, but of course that's the most recent. I mean, boy, you could you could do worse than to have one of your last films be Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Exactly. All right, excellent. All right, thank you so much. Hey, I got another one. Yeah. I've got an idea for uh, the radio station. Yeah. Richie Richie said I could say it. <laughs> All right, so wait, now hold is is this quasi profane? No, 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 no. Now, when you say when you say that Richie said you could say it, was there some? He said, he said you were taking on the emails, but I could slip it in maybe. All right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> KGAB radio. It's a gift of gab. All right. Uh, I think there actually is there not a KGAB in um, L.A. Tim. There might be. I think there might be a KGAB in Los Angeles, oh. but we'll we'll look into it. There is actually a little website you can go to now that uh, will show you ca available call letters. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, oh, thanks. Bye. All right. You call anytime. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, here's Tim Ryan. We'll do come on. We'll break. Come back. Dorothy Carcassari. Tough up. I do have all of those station liners that Max voiced. Uh, later on, top five. Did you ever uh, do that one that I... Bob Costantini. That I thought of a long time ago. And no. then you said you were going to... Which one? The one with the... Um, a little musical... That is... That's in there somewhere. I, I, he did do he did it and then it wasn't really done the way I wanted and so I sent it back. Okay. He did it and I said no 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 this isn't uh, I said this isn't what it's supposed to sound like I said it's supposed to sound like this and I he may not have updated it. Okay. I'll have to look. All right here's Tim Bradley. Due to the unusually cold winter weather and snow in some places. Well, apparently it's snowing. There's a, a somebody said that there's a huge snowstorm downtown by the way. Mm hmm. So. It's it's possible in the upper elevations. Transportation officials in both Oregon and Washington have decided to extend the deadline for motorists to remove your studs from April 1st to Saturday, April 5th. It's anticipated that any sticking snow or slick driving conditions will be confined to the higher elevations and outlying areas. They're recommending that you do not plan to travel into areas where traction devices could be useful. Have them removed before the deadline. The maximum fine for Oregon for not removing studded tires by the deadline is $145. In Washington, only $101. You know, or you could just learn to drive. You could also do that. Okay, take public transportation. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll break. A new researcher says glasses are not geeky. People who wear glasses for short-sightedness don't match the stereotype of being a geek or a nerd. Uh, we are literally busting the myth that people who wear glasses are introverted or have particular personality characteristics. They are more likely to be agreeable and open rather than closed and introverted. That's right. The study looks at 633 twins and 278 other family members. The personalities are judged by psychiatrists for openness, uh, extroversion, agreeableness, and other things. People with myopia were no more likely to be introverted, though researchers did see a little more likeliness to be agreeable. Good eye care is really important, but unfortunately, 
We don't have good associations with wearing glasses. This shows that people, particularly children, uh, should not avoid or delay wearing glasses due to preconceived ideas that it would apply Sarah that Diller. they're nerds or geeks. I know, I need to get glasses. Did you say that you put on a friend's glasses and you were amazed at everything you could see things? It was bizarre. My friend Kelsey actually just got glasses, and I was trying on hers the other night, and I didn't think that you were supposed to be able to see things. Like, I thought, <laughs> well, I mean, how, did looking, think, how did you think it was supposed to work? Thought, you know, I just thought, like, I'm looking at that, and that's kind of blurry, and I'm like, that's just the way it's supposed to be. I'm too far away to be able to read it, therefore I shouldn't. That's like three feet away. No, I'm talking about, like, that poster out Okay, there. that's like, okay, that's just a Yeah, that's kind of blurry, actually. You're not supposed to see that. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to see things up to, when they say 2020, that is what, uh, 20, is that another 20 feet? Is that it, 20 yards? Well, whatever. You're supposed to be able to see that, though. Now, let me ask you this. How far away can you see before it gets blurry? You're squinting and closing one eye. This is really eye. blurry. No, this eye is worse than this one. This one's really blurry. All right, I've got to do a test. You can close one right. eye. Hold on, hold on. I don't know. I got this Crown Royal bag. Did I keep the dice of destiny in? Okay, you can see this Crown Royal. Yeah. Where it says Crown Royal. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Tim, how far away would you say I am right now? From her three feet? Four oh, feet. no, more than that. Four feet. Four? Okay. Or five. Okay, you tell me when you can't read it. I can still read it. I'm not blind. I'm just saying, tell me when you can't read it. I'm still reading it. When it I can still read it. To read. Um, right about there. Yeah, I think you should still be able to read that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you just now? Are, is it the you don't wish to be seen wearing glasses? No, I'm just too lazy. I think it, it just, only takes a second to put them on. I know. Well, I'm just too lazy. I don't want to go to the eye place. <laughs> I can't spare the half. <laughs> uh, you mean for the actual? Because uh, I, I, I have to find the insurance number and I have to call them and find an eye care provider and then blah blah and then pick out the frame. I can't handle the fact that it's all free. <laughs> can't handle. You get that little puff in the eye thing. I can't. No, but you don't have to do that anymore. You can opt out of that, remember? Oh, I, yeah. I, no, no, I can't handle all this uh, free health care that I have now. So, um, it, Oh, it ain't free. I see what comes out of my mean, But that's what I'm saying, though. You got the insurance. You I know. I, should, I need to take advantage of it. I do. My, and I'm getting headaches every day, and this eye really hurts a lot. And you'll get cancer. So, uh, the, that's Why awful. not get it taken care of today? making that part up. But, um, but I'm saying, once you do it, you only have to do it like every 18 months well, or so. Well, Tim Riley, maybe I'll get that phone number from you and call during the break. Why not? Yeah, I don't have my insurance card with me. Or I, uh, I don't what? think I ever got an insurance card. You're supposed to get one. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, let's move. Well, I mean, you, you, have to, you have to do a thing, right? What you have thing? to fill out a thing and they send it to you? No, because I, I, I was able to go to the doctor that one time when I had that ear infection. Yeah, so you have insurance. What you do is you go to the website and you put in your social security number. And then they'll, uh, you know, you'll get and the information from there. Tell you, and it'll tell you what you have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, and it's and I think it also depends on what plan you pick or whatever. But Maybe tomorrow I'll be bespectacled. It is included. No, here's, but here's do you have my... to plan eye appointments way in advance? Well, well, not, kind of, well, not way in advance. Maybe you a call. Day, day or so. The thing about it is, I, now see, I should say this. I actually, my eyes are through uh, my wife's insurance. Uh, so I, I don't have the uh, my dental is through CBS, but my eye. I remember I went with you to pick out those glasses. Yeah, and that's through my that's through my wife's insurance, uh, and so I can't speak for CBS. But how it was with me? You just call the main insurance number. You're like, here's my name, here's my social security number. They're like, what do you need? I'm like, well, I got to get an eye exam. And they said, okay, here's the nearest place to you. It was like a couple miles from my house. And she's like, how about next 
Thursday at 3 p.m. or whatever. And you show up and you show them the card, you sit down and bada bing, bada boom, done. Uh, and the thing is, you don't have to do it for, you know, your glass of your prescription is good for at least a year. You have to do it yeah. for another year, and you can then you can see stuff. No, will it just be a clinic, or will it be a place where I could go pick out some glasses, too? Like, will it they could have be both. Glasses well, there? it depends. Most, most of the time, it is both. Yeah, but it depends. Like, that place where you went with me, uh-huh. that was one-stop shopping, man. It's like, I went in, prescription. They had some good they, frames there, too. They made the frames. Uh, that's also the same place I went when I had to get my uh, trazodone to sleep. It's, uh, 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 you know, it, all of that. Uh, say, you know, so that's, I mean... Um, when I had like the whatever the 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 um the ingrown hair or whatever that th- thing was I didn't know what it was you know like the skin mm-hmm. irritation same place that for that insurance company anyway like everything under one roof it's like a Costco I can't speak uh, for for CBS uh, and their eye care but it's usually usually all under one roof okay but yeah do it now because here's the thing do it today I'm I'm just saying let's just say the let's just address the elephant in the room if you don't do it and you get fired tomorrow. You will regret not doing it because then it's all going to be out of your own pocket. Oh yeah, that's true. Or that hideous Cobra. How do you feel about Cobra insurance? Which give us nine hundred dollars a month. So what's Cobra insurance? Cobra, it is a law. Yeah, Cobra insurance is when you get fired, and then the I forget exactly how it works, but they sort of it's like interim insurance that they give you for a certain period of time after having been fired. Uh, it's like severance insurance kind of, but you have to pay. But there's you have to pay a lot more for it. So and they kind of hose you. So, hmm. I'm just saying, you want to do it now, otherwise you will be filled with regret and fuzziness. So, don't, okay. don't want to do that. Um, all right. Uh, Looks like I have glasses. I just hid them from Muppet because I, he was chewing one of the earpieces on one of them. Yeah. And I saw him about six months ago. I hid them from him, and I have no idea where I hid them. So, I <laughs> I hid them so well that I hid them from myself, and I cannot find them. I've looked for them this for This is hours. what it's going to be like when you're old, by the way. Uh, I know, and I've gone through every place that I think that they possibly could you're be. You're going to be hiding things from thieves. Uh, but it'll be like it'll be like ice cubes and fruit, and you'll be, <laughs> and then you won't know where anybody is, and you'll be wrapping up Jello to give to loved ones at Christmas. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. I remember finding him, and like I was so pissed because Muppet had uh, gotten into my purse, and he had chewed a bunch of stuff, including yeah. the glasses, and so I hid it. I never keep mine anywhere where the dog could get him because yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. All right, let's break. We'll come back. Dorothy Carcassari, more from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, top five musicians you must separate from their music. Uh, Jim Roop. What else? What else? I'm looking here. Uh, all the stuff. I don't know. Oh, the station names. We'll play some of the station names too. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Did I tell the story about the centipede in my basement? Ew, no. Okay, so I didn't see it, but I think it's that same thing that was in your bathtub. That huge um, thing with the many... Uh, oh, my God. That, that is still one of the creepiest looking things I've ever seen. Legs like a thousand little swivers. Uh, so the whole incident had... And we'll get Dorothy Garcesari in one second. The, the whole incident... incident the whole incident... Had played itself out by the time I got up, but so my my wife apparently went down uh, stairs to get some stuff out of the laundry, and as she described it, there was a monstrous, horrific insect on yeah, the floor that, of the basement. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Then. Yeah, but did you know this? She went to, I forget if it's that or this. I think it's what's that bug dot com, or maybe what's this bug. I think it's what's that bug dot com, which is a great and horrific website, uh, where you go there. 
and you start narrowing it down by like beetle, spider, centipede, and then as you click on each category, you narrow it more and more and more until you find a picture of exactly the. Oh God! I should never have looked at that website. (laughs) Oh. You can never unsee that. And as you go there. Jim, look at this. Let's see. (laughs) Look at that. Ready? Look at that. Oh. Ah, God. I don't even know what's on the front. Oh, my God. That. Oh, that's no good. Why would you show that to me? little thing. Why would you show that to me? Those are little eggs. Oh, my God. I can't even look at it. You can't look at it long enough to okay. close it. Anyway. You so can you, make a picture don't of Don't go to what's that give it to the suspected buyer of your apartment. <laughs> make that your MySpace profile. Yeah. Um, so, I can't stop looking at it. Anywho, so she, so she went to that site, and the great thing is you narrow it down from the generic to the specific, and then you find a picture of the mystery bug that has spooked you. So there you go. Can I see it one more time? No. Yes. This is somebody taking this at their house. Oh, uh, that's no good. It's a, kill it's you a giant, the female giant crab spider. Yeah. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. I'm sorry she had to hear this discussion. Those little babies. Do you see all the little babies? Those aren't, those aren't pods. Those are other spiders. Those are little baby spiders. I'll leave you alone with that picture for a while. All right. Dorothy Carcisseri from the National Enquirer. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, We're tormented by insects and spiders over here. How are you doing? That's what I'm hearing. I'm glad I can't see what you're looking at. Uh, Yeah, so my my wife was in the basement. She saw this horrible centipede, and she didn't know what it was. So she went to what's uh, what's that bug? I think she just went to Google and typed in. This is why I love my wife. Uh, She just goes to Google and types in, what's that bug? Not even knowing if there was such a website, immediately what's that bug.com comes up. And yet you start by clicking like beetle, spider, bug, scorpion, whatever, and then it narrows it and narrows it and narrows it until it finally finds the picture of the actual bug you saw so you can figure out what it was. Uh, anyway, it's. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I have much use for that in New York. It's pretty much, you know, is it a, a big roach or is it is it a small roach? Usually it's a big roach. <laughs> in New York, it's a pretty specific problem, I guess. Yeah. Uh, here in here in the Northwest, we do have things that look like they really just came out of a Stephen King novel. I mean, it's pretty unnerving. Oh, um, all right, so uh, I. It's funny. I was at a a social gathering a few weeks back, and I was talking to a guy who was a listener to the show, and he and I started talking about uh, your segment and the National Enquirer, and he was sort of discussing how here in Portland there is a certain hierarchy for who gets the new issue of the Enquirer when, and apparently major chain supermarkets get it first, and the, the very last people to get it are convenience stores. And that explains why I am somehow sometimes sort of behind the curve uh, as to what is is happening in the Inquirer, but I'm just going to tell you, uh, I'm looking at the the thumbnail of the new, the cover of the new Inquirer, and I just see something. It looks like an Olsen twin, but I can't tell. It's a sort of just a, a really bony looking person, so I'm assuming it's an Olsen twin. <laughs> Your assumption is correct. We have our cover story this week is a big feud between the Olsen twins over their billion dollar fortune, and uh, we also have all the details about Mary Kate's relapse you know these girls can never seem to stay sober as much as as they try to these girls in hollywood and so what is it if i can have now i didn't even relapse i didn't even know what she was what what is she relapsing into well you know she uh, was having a lot of trouble with alcohol and with drugs and we have all the exclusive details of a party that she was at where she was you know, drinking a lot, and this was in the Hollywood Hills, and, uh, you know, we, we have all these really juicy details. She was definitely uh, hitting the bottle hard with vodka and Red Bull, and uh, she was certainly acting like she was quite intoxicated, too. So Fantastic. Uh, less so for her, I suppose. Uh, and let's see, there's a couple other things this week. First of all, this uh, Robin Williams, where his wife 
sued him for divorce. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong about this, but is his wife, who is now suing him for divorce, is this the one-time nanny that he dumped his first wife for? Oh, geez, I'm gonna have to review this this story. This is his this is his wife, who he's been with for quite some time now. But but he's saying basically that one of them had to file for divorce, and so she was the one that did it. So, so there's it, kind of an implication that it was a mutual thing, but that, you know, she was just one that officially did it. It's just one of those, they're both sick of each other and you're waiting for somebody to pull the trigger on it? It seems that way, but this is a story that we're, we're working on right now, and, you know, it just kind of broke yesterday, so we're, it's going to be developing over the course of the weekend. And uh, finally, above this, and again, I'm looking at this, this uh, small, so right above one of the Olsen heads, I just see, I can't really see anything that goes, goes along with this. It's just the phrase, I'm quoting here from the front of the Inquirer, destroy white people. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what possible, I'm assuming that's not related to the Olsen twin story, but one can really never okay. be sure. Uh, what is okay. the context of that? Okay, so this is an Obama story, and uh, the photo next to it is Obama and the Reverend Jeremiah Wright, who you know has been very controversial. Mm -hmm. And basically, we have uncovered this secret connection that uh, the Reverend Wright has to a man by the name of James Cone, who is the founder of the Black Liberation Theology Movement. And uh, this is someone who Wright is very, very strongly connected to, and this is obviously Wright is somebody who Obama has been very strongly connected to. And this James Cone figure is uh, really just spewing a lot of uh, anti-white, anti you know, kind of messages out there about how um, black theology, he says, black theology will accept only the love of God, which participates in the destruction of the white enemy. And this is a really, really interesting story, especially for people who are interested in the presidential race, about just kind of the background of these people and what kind of messages are going into their minds. And especially, you know, Obama is listening to, to people uh, and they're saying some controversial things. It is a, it's a bad week for Barack, we'll put it that way. Uh, and I think that's it, except it's, uh, I know that, and I, uh, this is just breaking, so maybe next week uh, there will be more news on this. I know that uh, uh, Elliot Spitzer now, they're trying to tag him with being uh, some second call girl ring or some second right. escort service. So Right, that's the, that's the new story coming out, and you know we'll certainly be working this story, that story and obviously the Rob, Robin Williams story as well. Excellent. All right, the new issue hit stands tomorrow. As always, a pleasure. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Uh, avoid cockroaches, Dorothy. Yeah, I'll try to. Have a great day. Thanks. Uh, there Bye. you go. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Fantastic. I feel bad for not warning Aaron about that giant spider because he just went there. <laughs> oh. Does he have a spider thing? He has a, yeah, he has his toes. But his whole thing was just hair. What if, it was a, what, if, spider. what if it was a spider running away with his hair? Um, a spider building a nest out of Aaron's hair. No, yeah, a spider tangled up in somebody's hair. Uh, oh, <laughs> no, I want to unthink that. I'm tangled up in hair. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, by the way, we should apologize to James Whitmore, who apparently is still alive. <laughs> sorry. It was Richard Widmark who died. CBS regrets the error. Uh, so, <laughs> Richard Widmark of... He's still um, kicking. He just did an episode of CSI last year. Yes. Not so Richard Widmark. He did an episode of I'm Dead. Uh, he's uh, from... Um, uh, uh, he was a 40s actor. The Murder on the Orient Express yeah. and uh, to The Devil a Daughter. And uh, I think he was in that... tough guy. I think he was in that terrible... Uh, Killer B movie, uh, The Swarm with Michael Caine. By the way, we're can I just say we're all over the Craigslist lately. Not us personally, but uh, there's a lot of mention of us on Craigslist these days. I love our people. Is that um, about giving away babies? 
No. <gasps> Does it say the Rick Emerson Show is giving away babies? Well, we are. Well, uh, of course. Uh, but, but, uh, that could be the, the big promotion for the next book. <laughs> free baby, thir- a baby a day free in May. Free baby Thursday? A baby a day in May. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. We have to do something with that. That's genius. Well, there was a thing on Craigslist the other day about, like, congratulations to Rick Emerson, entertainer of the year, three years in a row. Maybe that's what pushed this crazy emailer over the edge. And then there was another thing about... It was like, here's Rick Emerson hard at work on his program. And it was a picture of me engaged in a crude uh, sex act. Um, uh, and uh, let's see. Who and then that taken? Um, it wasn't a real. <laughs> Thanks for, I should clarify. It was not an actual picture of me. Oh, there's me. a great one about. Um... I should actually clarify that. It was, but it was like a, t- how do I put this? It was. Um... Here starts that viral marketing campaign you want. <laughs> It was a picture of, how shall I put this, um, you saw the back of one man's head and the front of another man's thighs. Oh, it was a body double. Yes. Okay. <laughs> stunt Rick. <laughs> stunt, stunt something. Uh, but uh, Someone just posted on Craigslist, I hate Rick Emerson show. Yeah. And then our phone number. Look at Banner, Michael. Okay, but then here's a, so we're all over the Craigslist, and then like, here's another one. Come take anything you want out of the Rick Emerson studio. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Even the horse. <laughs> um, here's but here's one though. Somebody has posted the Barack Obama uh, 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 lines as like an actual personal ad, and it's it is a men for, uh, men seeking women, uh, 31 years of age. Do you like Barack Obama uh, versus more of the same if you're not in the Clinton? So it's it's actually the. Uh, it is the actual lyrics to the Obama song, as a real personal ad. Best audience ever, really. <sighs> okay. I have to find that. Jesus, I don't even know what time it is now. This is like so people have been on hold for like an hour. Yeah, we need to get to the people. We've been doing that a couple days in a we row. We haven't even gotten back to the news. All right. I want to go to the people. All right. They're more Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you? Hey, uh, Rick. Uh, you were talking about spiders and whatnot. And, yes. Um, Let's talk about spiders a... endlessly. Well, it's it, it's kind of brief, and there's a little scorpion in there too. Oh, great! But um, I was researching uh, a PowerPoint project. I was trying to get a stereotypical French guy for um, clip art. So yes. I, I googled the word. Do not tip delivery boy. Yes, go ahead. I googled the word the French, and you know, I had safe search on and everything. Yeah. And I came up with this uh, French AIDS awareness poster. Oh, dude! I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where... have you seen that, Sarah? Those no. those um, those uh, worse than the spider? safe sex ads that they run in in and it's not just France. I think it's in I think it's in, in a lot of Europe. Some safe. It's, uh, they're it's gov- basically a man and a woman, um, you know, alternate posters, and they're engaged in romantic entanglement with, with like uh, huge giant scorpions. spiders or scorpions. It's basically the implication is you don't know, you don't know if you're putting yourself at risk. You don't if you're not safe. You could be you're sleeping with somebody dangerous if you're not safe. Mm-hmm. And so one. Should of I look this up? It's it's. I mean, let me be very clear about this. It's it is a government ad campaign to raise safe sex awareness, but they're not pulling any punches. I mean, it's safe for work. It's just disturbing, uh, because one of them is like a guy. It is it, it's basically a man having uh, missionary relations, but instead of a woman, it's just like a huge scorpion. <gasps> Weird. And the scorpion's on its back. It's got its legs up. In yeah, the air. and there it is really a, is the worst thing I've is, ever seen. There's a one, another one where a woman is being. Um, there's a there's. <gasps> do you see what I'm saying? There's a one where there's a certain um, a certain act one could uh, perform with a woman if one was feeling uh, 
you know, whatever. Generous. Wow. And, uh, you know, with uh, with favors. And except it's a, it's a giant spider. So it's bad. It's really, it's bad. Yeah. Straight out of the mist is yeah. what it is. It's a... Uh, that... I, seriously, it'll mess you up. You don't want to look yeah, at Yeah, I can't. I need to close yeah. this. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Yeah. That scorpion. Th- oh, and the lady? Yeah, the one where the... Uh, yeah, the lady, the spider. Yeah. Yeah. So glad we took these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. Um, a couple things. First, uh, for Sarah, and I'm sure Rick can attest to this, but a lot of guys find women with glasses very attractive. I mean, it's kind of feeds into that whole well, it's not, library. Not gonna make not gonna make an ugly woman pretty, but uh, yeah, make a pretty oh. woman prettier. Yeah. It's, it's it's an added feature. Yes. And as I say, with the Barack Obama song, I mean, you guys can't do it direct, but if you can get like four or five degrees of separation, get somebody to send it into the campaign. And make sure that you guys are attached, and see if you can get somebody on for some extra publicity. We should totally send Timmy Ryan out, but give him like a like an alternate identity. Give, give Timmy Ryan some fake persona to be. Mm-hmm. All right. And Excellent. then the final the final thing was, yeah. uh, you know, the guy got shot in the arm. With Paul, the, he, if you remember Ryan. your yeah, if you remember your zombie uh, survival guide, the twenty two caliber is pretty weak, and if it was shot from a mile away, like the the story said, it wouldn't do much damage. So That's it's true. Kind of like a BB gun. Except at that point. Okay, but what is what? But what? Of course, uh, zombie survival guide. Uh, why is the twenty two the preferred weapon, uh, gunfire wise, except for the shotgun? Why is the twenty two the preferred pistol against a zombie, sir? Oh, because it gets in. It's it's powerful enough to penetrate, but not got the back end, so it just bounces around and scrambles the brain. Bounces around inside your skull, destroys your brain. So if exactly. when the zombies rise, you want the twenty-two and a shotgun. I know. I was reading that and looking around the house. Wait a second. Okay, my am I, I zombie? Oh, wait a second. I'm reading the zombie survival guy. Here's a little po- <laughs> and here's a little pop quiz. Information we are only share. There's another benefit of listening to the Rick Emerson show, uh, because only people who listen to the show will be safe, sir. When the zombies rise, where do you go? Oh, I'm going to that Costco right out there. I live out there, so That's I'm, what I'm, I'm all about. over that. There you go. That's what I'm saying. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. Bye. There you go. All the muffins you can eat. Don't you think Costco ought to have some sort of viral ad campaign about when the zombies the rise? Zombie apocalypse? When the zombies rise, you'll be safe at Costco. Shop That's smart. Not their... Shop at smart. <laughs> That's not their target demographic. I'm just saying. Uh, one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, how are you doing? What's up? Uh, one of your earlier callers said something about uh, James Whitmore dying. I think she's mistaken. It was Richard Widmark that died yesterday. Yes, I, I do believe we and we apologize to James Whitmore for putting him in the grave early. I'm sorry about that, James. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure she's mistaken. Thank you for the clarification, sir. You bet. All right, there you go. There's that guy. All right. Hi, Tim. Let's do a couple news stories and we'll take a break. Alrighty, we have a major accident on I-5 northbound. The ramp from that going southbound to I-5 is closed due to an accident. Uh, there's been a large diesel leak. And ODOT's going to bring some sand, and they're not going to be back till 4.30. So you're Where on I-5? That. that is, uh, if you're going the I-405 north. Oh, I said the word the. If you're going I-405 northbound, the ramp to I-5 southbound is closed due to a large diesel leak from a truck. So they've got to bring some sand over right. at some point. And the sand's not going to be here till 4.30. Then we have Highway 6 reopening the traffic in both directions at the summit after several vehicles slid and crashed on the icy stretch. This is between milepost 22 and 34. Uh-oh. This is a follow-up. Remember we had the story about the woman who got stuck to the toilet? We talked about her. Uh, oh, couple. no. Well, her boyfriend has been arrested in a separate case. Corey McFerrin has been arrested for lewd and lascivious behavior. He exposed himself to the neighbor's teenage daughter and her friends behind his trailer. There's a picture of the trailer there. Wow. 
That is a trailer. So no doubt you can be stuck to a toilet seat there for quite some time, and nobody would even make Jesus. an inquiry. It's a beautiful tree and trash cans underneath it. And so, oh. uh, okay, and so this is... So not only was he arrested for mistreating the girl by leaving her on a toilet, but now he was waving his tackle around, allegedly. So he's got to blame it on her for not getting up. Of course. Well, she wasn't up the toilet. I had to amuse myself. He had to, he had to go find his own fun somewhere. It took place at the Nest City, Kansas trailer park. Yeah. All right. Um, why are people now? Somebody's sending me a photograph. You have to see this. Of what? No, no I don't want to see. No, it. you have to see. Okay. It's called. He said, <laughs> I buckled so easily. Said, Here's the thing I found in my house in North. Oh Florida. no, I I saw that the centipede. God, that's so crazy Found looking. that in his house in North Portland. And that would happen. It's like clear. Uh, and I, I don't know. Yeah, it's opaque. Jesus. i got to close that right now. What? What? Seriously, what is this about bugs? Bugs are just little aliens. That's what they are? No, it's really right. That's true. And lobsters are big bugs. Tomorrow, uh, by the way, uh, Springsteen tomorrow, um, Chris Neven uh, will be coming into the show tomorrow to count down his top five Bruce Springsteen songs you don't hear on the radio. Uh, so that is tomorrow. Uh Chris Neven from OnTheVig.com will be here to count down the top five Springsteen songs one does not hear on the radio. Uh, let's see here. Let's do, uh, is this another Richard Whitmore, uh, James blah, 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 called James Whitmore, Richard Whitmore, James Widmark, Richard, has, is this another James Whitmore, Richard Widmark call? Wait, not pound of the counter, now something. What did you do? Now I've created a hum. You're not supposed to hit the counter. You yell at other people about I'm it. I'm sorry. Are you hearing the hum? No. No. I can Don't totally hear. hear. Maybe you rattled something loose in your head. Oh, I do. I do hear the hum now. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I've created a go, hum. Champ. No, we got to live with the hum. Broken broke the studio. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back after this. Maybe you hit it one more time. No, yeah, it's no, gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back after this. Some of it will make it in. Does it seem like I'm always eating? No. But you know what you did look like now? <laughs> you were sort of like one of those clown mouth things. I thought things I dropped it. I thought I dropped one of the nuts. You were like one of those clown mouth things that people throw like balls into for a prize. <laughs> you had your mouth open and a bunch of peanuts, and you just sort of went and threw them at your face, hoping some would land in. Yeah. And they did. Uh, hey, don't forget, uh, well, hello to everybody listening on the live stream. Don't forget, uh, the live stream is unveiled for the general public next Tuesday, April 1st. Uh, the beginning of April, uh, is the live stream is, is rolled out so you can listen uh, worldwide. Also, uh, we are in about six weeks away from Listener Party 11. Uh, oh, God, really? That close? Well, what's today? The 27th. It's the 15th. Oh, yeah? So, um, more details uh, uh, coming up. But uh, uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., uh, Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11. Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., uh, Rick Emerson, Listener Party 11. So at a secret location. At a, at a location. Can we say anything about the location? Maybe that we've never... Um, it's someplace new. It's someplace new. That's good. say that. It's someplace new. Someplace we have not been before. We haven't. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's someplace new... And, uh, okay, we'll leave it at that for now. So coming up uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, from the hill to the Rick Emerson Show.
Wikipedia. Hello, Rick. Hi, Bob. How are you today? Uh, just wonderful. Are you so just very wonderful? Good. You Always would... a pleasure to talk to you. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Bob. I was channeling my inner likeness there. Yes, I'm there sure it is, Bob. Hey, Bob, it is. the pleasure, as they say in uh, office space, the pleasure is on all on this side of the table. No, no, no. Um, so how have you been since we last spoke, Bob? It's, uh, you know, it's been a couple of weeks. So, yes, it has. Uh, at least it's been around, and uh, I have been doing my... Uh, running around kind of thing with, uh, and and the morning shift for a little while. Uh, let me ask you this: Are you? Would you say when it comes to personal hobbies, are you more of a gardener or more of a guy who does electrical upgrades around the house, or neither? Uh, I am more of an electrical upgrade. I, I really don't know anything about gardening. Right. What I know could fit on the head of a pin. So if you're, uh, you know, but if uh, but if uh, new AV equipment needs to be put in at the house, you're you're the guy to do oh, it. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Excellent, fan. What is the last piece of consumer electronics you bought? Uh, we bought an HD TV for the bedroom. Excellent. Um, after much uh, pushing now, did you, uh, did for you, my wife, no, about, by by me to my wife to get her to understand that it, we had to do this whole whole digital conversion. Thing. Now, did you go plasma or LCD? It was an LCD. An LCD. See, that's that's kind of what I've been told. I know plasma had the early lead, but I've had many people say uh, that that LCD is the way to go. Well, it does consume a little less power, and we've been hit um, here in the uh, uh, in Maryland, in Baltimore area, especially with a huge rate increase. Would so, you say uh, that the picture between plasma and LCD is comparable? Um, it seems that way to me. Yes. All right. Um, be, I'm not, I say this not really knowing anything about technology. I'm, this is a bedroom TV, so it's it's not the higher end kind of thing, and it was 26 inch. Uh, uh, not bad, not widescreen. Well, no, you know what? That comes with being an American, Bob. Massive televisions, every room in the yeah. house. Massive televisions, <laughs> attic, basement, in the in the tool shed out back. Doesn't matter. That's right. I want six or seven on the wall. Exactly. That's what living in this country is. Is that's what makes us. That's what separates us from uh, from the Philistines. Yes. Yeah, All right. Um. Anywho, hey, uh, so let's talk about a guy that I sort of forgot about, Saddam Hussein. Um, so what is the deal? So before the Iraq war, like Saddam Hussein paid a bunch of Democratic Congress people to just kind of fly over and just sort of check everything out? Uh, well, it's, uh, it turns out, uh, or it seems this way, uh, these are the charges that have been filed against the gentleman, um, that um, uh, Saddam Hussein's uh, government had paid this fellow in the uh, Detroit area in Michigan, where there's a, a large number of uh, Arab American population, um, to uh, to fly over certain members of Congress who uh, were clearly opposed to uh, the Iraq War, and that includes David Bonyer, a former member of Congress from Michigan, um, and uh, you know it, it's the sort of thing where uh, it was you know an attempt at least to try to influence a little bit uh, the people who were clearly against the war. It didn't really uh, – hard to say whether it had any great effect, obviously. All right, then. And so, I mean, how is it that this just – like, has this been sitting in a, in a file cabinet somewhere and somebody just discovered it, or um, – I, yeah, is... I mean, really, you wonder if this happened now five years ago, if this was just sitting on somebody's desk blotter and it was hidden underneath a stack of National Geographics or something? Um, it was uh... – <laughs> it's – uh, it, it's hard to say exactly how these things come about, but it takes it takes a little while um, for the, uh, the to find out this. This was a 2002 trip, and the indictment uh, was, you know that was uh, brought about 
yesterday or unsealed yesterday in the Detroit area. Um, that the, the, this, and this person wasn't even arrested until uh, Tuesday night. Um, the, it says that Hussein's uh, spy agency gave Al-Hanouti uh, two million barrels of oil, by the way, um, in uh, getting these, uh, as part of the U.N. Oil for Food program, in getting these uh, members of Congress to at least uh, make the visit beforehand. So that's the thing you can either, that's where they say, like, that's like at a, uh, you know, like a record store where they either give you cash or credit. You can either take cash or be paid in oil. <laughs> yes. The next time, really, the next time I have to bill anybody for any, like, work I do or whatever, I'm going to bill them in oil. I, I, and obviously, uh, nowadays, uh, being... You know, getting paid in barrels of oil would really pay off. No, it's a recession. Uh, it's a recession-proof investment. The um, uh, hard to say how all this this went about. It, it said that uh, this was a charity um, that employed this fellow uh, and was supposedly paying for the uh, congressional delegation's trip. And this includes, uh, speaking of which, uh, Representative Jim McDermott of uh, nearby Washington State there. You just sort of faded yeah, away at the end of that. I think, no, I think you just, was that a dangling sentence? Was that a period? It sounded like you just sort yeah, of faded away. It was kind of a period there. I just, I didn't know. Uh, it sounded like an ellipsis, and I was waiting for you to. I wasn't uh, sure if you guys knew his name. No, no. <laughs> I just couldn't. It sounded like you were leading up to sort of who, as you know, but then it just sort of went nowhere. Well, all right, then. Um, good talk, Bob. It's a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> we go from high-definition televisions to... <laughs> to low-definition political discussion. Political stuff. Thank you, my friend. As always, a pleasure. Take care. Thank Bob you. Bob Constantini, ladies and gentlemen. I really didn't think he was that done. That was so random. <laughs> Because all of a sudden I noticed there was silence, and I look at you, and you're like, wait, what? I, I really thought that he was leading up to a second half of that sentence. He really I, did seem to trail off. Yeah, he was, uh, and Jim McDermott. <sighs> all right. Uh, let's see here. We got listener party, something about, well, let's do this one, and then we'll do the two listener party calls. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. This what, is James. How you doing, what's man? What's up, brother? Hey, I sent you and Sarah, and I don't know if this has been going into your trash can or not, but uh, I sent you a picture of that uh, house centipede. Yeah, no, I just got that. And I was, yeah, I was going down to my basement, and uh, and uh, you, you know those little low ceilings when you go down to the basement? It's like a slope. Yeah. And I just looked up, and the thing was like six inches from my face. Oh, oh, oh so it wasn't on the floor. It was on the ceiling. That's wrong. I, I'd never seen one before, and oh. I kind of, well, of course, I kind of went, I kind of made a, a blue. It's like silverfish fast. Yeah, yeah. You know how, you know, like lightning. Oh, yeah. Know? No, it's like Quicksilver. Yeah, just, you know. It's like lightning. Why are the scary things always really fast? And they have those purple stripes. Do you notice the purple stripes on the legs? No. That's nature's way of saying, you know. Yeah, seriously. That is, why is it that, like, cows are really slow, manatees really slow, you know, things that will kill you, lightning fast? Yeah, well, oh, oh, there is another photo I did take off of Flickr, but I should put it back up. But there's a close-up, because I want to take it out of the uh, jar, because uh. I, I put it in a stainless steel bowl, and it almost got out of Flick's stainless steel bowl. Jesus, that ain't right. Yeah, uh, but but I have a close-up of the fangs on the thing. So these big pincher fangs a on the front. close-up of the fangs. Yeah. All right, and, have, you, have uh, you seen The Mist? No. Dude, you got to see The Mist. Let me just say this. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to say you really need to see The Mist because there's some things in that movie that will really resonate with you. Let me put it that way. Oh, really? Yeah, you so, got to see it, dude. It'll mess you up. See it on a strong there's, day. 
Uh, does that have a laugh track on it you can enable, like uh, <laughs> Private Ryan? Or no, no. But I would have, like, maybe a family guy or something sitting by just to wash it out of your head afterwards. Hey, i got to tell you something. Um, I, I called him a long time ago about the – I'm the guy who crucified my G.I. Joe when I was a kid. Yeah, you know? I remember that. Yeah, okay. So and, and I gave you your library card at Central Downtown. Really? Yeah. Mm, right yeah. And uh, and so I, I asked you about the ma'am song. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, well – uh, point being is uh, people sometimes will check out DVDs from from the library. And I'll say, uh, and and it'll be like I don't know Schindler's List or something right. or whatever. And I'll say, uh, for saving private round, I say, you know, I think this is the DVD. You can enable the laugh track. On it. And <laughs> I'm not sure. And I'll turn to a coworker and say, uh, is that true? That's hilarious. That uh, yeah, and it was. And then we all have a good laugh. One must it. find comedy wherever one can, sir. Yeah, yeah. You guys have the greatest show ever. Thank you, my friend. Hey, all have right, a good day. There you go. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's I, up? Uh, i got to apologize. This is kind of an impulse call, but I wanted to fire the first salvo and possibly naming the, the listener party. Uh, this is Rick Emerson, listener party 11, coming up May 15th at 8 p.m. Yeah, this might be kind of lame, but uh, Emerson's 11. Emerson's 11. I like that. Sarah, Emerson's 11. Oh, I do like that. Kind of like an Ocean's Eleven kind of thing. Like an Ocean's Eleven vibe, uh, which is a, uh, I mean, it, we're, I guess that is one of those things that we could only use once, too. So I guess if we were going to use that, uh, this would be the time to do it. And let me just say this preemptively. Here's the other reason I like Emerson's Eleven is because it is not a Spinal Tap reference, uh, which we are going to avoid. There are gonna be, there's going to be no Spinal Tapping in naming. Well, you know, the, it goes to Eleven, which just because, oh. like, it's it's been done. It's right. been overdone. I I'm Dominic, the guy from uh, the guy that. Wait, did you name the last one? Correct. Dominic, what's wrong with you? Well, let's not be let's not be a name. That's a genius name. Seriously, well, let's not be a name pig, Dominic. Seriously, all right, hold on. So you named the last one Emerson History X, right, Dominic? And yet you were calling this Emerson's Eleven, which I do quite like, by the way. Hold on, Emerson's Eleven. Gonna write it down. Emerson's Eleven. Well, it seems like, okay. All right, fair enough. Excellent. Well, the good thing about that is the art sort of uh, does itself for that. All right, we'll, uh, I don't know, we'll put that on the hopper, as they say. All right, thank you, my friend. Sure thing. Okay, thank you. All right. I like he's all just all casual about it. Yeah, I'll name anything. <laughs> That's fine. I'm here whenever you need me. Whenever okay, you... so people keep sending me insect things. Thanks. I'm just I'm feeling so icky. And uh, this guy, Nicholas, said I write back and forth to, he was telling me about a bullet ant. Have you heard of that? Yeah, those are bad. You don't want to see those. They fly out of the trees shrieking at you? I don't think that part's true. I, he's a pretty smart guy. I don't think they have vocal cords. So the, the terrifying thing about the bullet is that it's over an inch long that jumps out of the trees at you while shrieking. See, that's one of those things like you hear about camel spiders, too, and I don't think it's true with them. All right, I'm going to look it up and see if it does. Look it up on Snopes or Wikipedia. Don't just, like, look it up on some guy's blog. Because uh, camel spiders, they said the same thing. And they scream at you. And I looked it up on Snopes, and it's not true. Uh, because that would just be too much. Because then it really would be the mist. Um, it's it's on the one of the five most horrifying bugs in the world. It's the shrieking bullet ant. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. I'm all scratchy again. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. How are you? I'm itchy. Good. Yeah, well, you know, you guys haven't lived anywhere until you live in Hawaii, and then you can bitch about the insect life. Oh, okay. Sorry. But I was going to say, why in the hell are you having this uh, listener party on a Thursday night? You're telling me, man. We always have them on a Thursday. I know. Do it on a Friday night so us people that work for a living can actually get there and, you know. Now I'm going to have to put in a vacation day because I know I'm going to freaking have a hangover. Well, there you go. See? So 
I was seeing you six weeks in advance. And I was going to say, hey, we work for a living, but we really don't. So uh, the but here's the thing. Really, to be honest, um, uh, that really is the reason we do it. We do it on a Thursday. So, so we, that we can exploit it on the air as much as possible. Exactly. So we can exploit yeah. it for another day. And really, honestly, so that we can all suffer together the next day. You know, because, I mean, if it's on a Friday or whatever, you're hating your life, and you're hungover and tired and whatever, and you're like, oh, God, it sucks. I wish I was dead. But if we do the party on a Thursday, on Friday, you know, we can all commiserate together because everybody will be feeling the same. Everybody will want to die. And, you know, and, and so, you know, it's like a bonding thing then. Okay. Okay. So hey, one thing, yeah. look up, look up Kane Spider, and, and then you guys will have a reason to, you know. Please dispel. You, you hear them, Kane Spider, as in sheer Kane Spider. C A N E. Yep, and uh, you hear them before you see them. I'll put it to you. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> I should not have looked at that. <laughs> Owned. All right, thank you. All right, take care. Bye. Oh my sweet lord! Look I'm not looking. Thing. I'm look not looking. Thing. Look at it. Look at it. I can't unsee it. You have to look at it. Hold on. Oh, that's unnerving. Is that the... I shouldn't have looked at that either. Why did I look at that? I don't Why know. do I, I always look at things you tell me to look at? Stop All right. That. I'm trying to... Okay. Bad. Oh, but you're still on the Google okay, Images page. All right. Why do people hate us? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I just want to get Dominic off the hook, or you guys off the hook a little bit. I think uh, Emerson's 11 came up earlier this week. Oh, God. Here's no, no, the... I, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just trying to release so Dominic doesn't have a... Uh, you don't feel like, well, if we name it Emerson's 11, Dominic will have this monopoly on naming it. Well, you know, here's I'm the just, thing. You know. Do you remember what happened the last time Dominic named something? Wasn't that the, the Emerson party? He band? named it Emerson History X. Another guy then called up and claimed that he had come up with it, and there was this whole, like... There's this whole sort of uh, uh, chest-thumping thing back and forth between these guys. And Dominic at one point actually sent me a screen capture of a MySpace message in which he used the phrase Emerson History X. And he, like, with Microsoft Paint, like, circled the timestamp and sent it to me. <laughs> so there was this whole fight about it last time. So oh, I, You know, I... I... And it, that wasn't me who brought it up earlier this week, right. so I'm not trying to say anything like that. I'm just I'm just trying to release your conscience from right. you know. And also tra- traveling through the South one year, uh, you know, you get bug zappers outside the old gas station. Yeah. Have you ever seen like a moth that was too big to make it through the screen of a bug zapper? Actually, just, to just be pressed up against it like a boy on a candy shop window, you know. <laughs> to be fair, my mom for whatever reason had this. Uh, like a framed like butterfly collection, but it was a moth, and it was he was like seven inches across or something that she got in Venezuela or some crap. I don't know. All right, thank you. See you later. All right, one more, and then we. I was telling a friend the same story, and I said, I called him DB Sweeney. <laughs> DB Sweeney. I just thought it was funny. Good and uh, yeah, a, a name for your call letters for the new station. It could be you know nine seventy. We talk it gooder than the others. I'll put that on the top of the pile right now. Oh. I'm not really doing that. I know. Right. I, I can sense Thank you. Bye now. Wait, Jeremy Piven's story. You got like 10 seconds. Uh, I'm getting this third hand. He took out a friend of a friend, and then she was... Okay. All right, bye. All right. <laughs> okay. You're pretty dismissive for Jeremy Piven's story. Well, I'm just... Mentally, I had already gone to the break in my head. I'd moved okay. on. Okay. Uh, all right. Hello, Tim. Howdy. You have more news for us? I do, and a new Hillary Clinton song. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
All right, come back. More from Tim Riley. Uh, a little while, we'll talk to Dennis Pitsenbarger about what's coming up this weekend. And we got these station names, too. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. See you in three months. <laughs> that was not me talking. <laughs> Hi, uh, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up here in a few, we'll talk to Dennis Pitzenbarger from Miles Around. Now with more Big Jim. Uh, I'm looking here at the screen. Spider, centipede, centipede, spider, scorpion. No. I need to stop looking at these pictures that people send and me. And yet you can't. I can't stop. I cannot yeah. stop looking at them. Thanks to whoever posted the Craigslist ad about us giving away a love child. A golden-haired love child by the name of Tim. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit too soon, though. We're saving that for the listener party. <laughs> That's true. At the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So we have a whole bunch of uh, serious accidents all at the same time, possibly due to the weather. First, I-405 northbound. The ramp to southbound I-5 is closed due to an accident. The ramp is blocked due to a diesel leak, and ODOT went out to get some sand, and they're going to dump there at approximately 3 o'clock. Then there's another accident, I-5 northbound at 12th Avenue, and uh, somebody is pinned inside a car with injuries at that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And then we have another one uh, on the city streets, northwest Broadway at northwest Gleason. Possibly the weather, and who knows what, what's out there. And then we have, let's see, another one, I-5 northbound near Everett, Exit 2B, an accident blocking the right lane with injuries there, too. Jesus. So there's all kinds of stuff going on there. At Bad once. scene. So just to cheer everybody up, here's a brand new uh, Hillary Clinton campaign song in, huh. s- in Spanish. Necesitamos un cambio, tenemos que mejorar. So embarrassed. Yes, we have a flip format. <laughs> yeah, we're still here. This is a glimpse of the future, though. We might make this our Hillary watch. Um, yeah. All right. Oh, well, and then it just ends. Actually. Well, no, it can Why? keep going. I'll play the whole thing. How long is this? Uh, about two more minutes. Let's not play okay, anymore. Yeah. I think we can be done. All right. Well, you get the idea. Jesus. It's not in English. <laughs> okay. There you go. Wow. That is a great find. Where'd you find that? Uh, listener said it, it. Let's see. It was uh, Mark the Brit. Well done, Mark. So I think because, you know, at some point, and we said this a while back, we're going to have to choose either Obama. Well, I guess I guess that'll choice be made for us. But we'll have to make an Obama watch and or a Hillary watch mm-hmm. at some point. And it's going to be a little tricky. I don't know what to use. I really... With that, we might make that part of it, though, because that, even just the little hook there. Mm-hmm. Now, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. We that, <laughs> that, that is, singing that to myself on the Mac. <laughs> totally, but, Jude, at least you don't have the Pina Colada song stuck in your head. Uh, so that's too good not to use for something. Mm-hmm. We might just roll out a Hillary watch, like, out of that just now, just so we can be using it. Well done. Fantastic. Asian Americans are turning to plastic surgery at a faster pace than any other group. That's according to the American Society for Plastic Surgeons. Uh, what are they getting most? Nose reshaping, breast argumentation, and eyelid surgery. So, all these loving Asian women come to America, and they become more like Americans every day. Lovely Asian women? Yes. They become lovelier. Lovelier. Exactly. Are they looking for love? Yes. After they found love, they become more American. With bald men. Mm -hmm. Among other... Or any kind of... Well, they they come here loving bald men. (laughs) 
I want to love I the love bald, bald man. man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to love the. I came to America to love a bald man. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to love a bald man? Well, that could be what they're presented over in their home countries. Uh huh. For all we know. Yes. So. Well, that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back and forth by speculation on my part. Six and seven. I have no idea what's going on over in the old country right now. <laughs> I know they're lonely. <laughs> yes, they are, Tim. Yes, they are. Okay. Well, fantastic. There you go. Uh, I sometimes like, love and hate our listeners. They keep sending me the most terrible things. Of insects? Yeah. No, no, someone sent me a picture of a thing called a coconut crab. Oh, you don't want to look at that. Let me look at it. Have you seen it? No. No. Let me see. It's totally, look, it's like a huge, like, ah, tarantula. Ah, look at how big, that's what its body ah, looks like. That's kind of fun. Take that up. It kind of, look, it kind of looks like a ceiling fan. I love that. Uh, it looks like a ceiling fan. It does, except it'll kill you. Oh, oh God. Except it's alive. It's alive. Like, look at that. Like, how do all those appendages come out of that one area? Okay, can I just say this? Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen The Mist, I'm not going to spoil anything, but ever, I think there are, people know that there's a... There's some badness that happens. So on the documentary, on the uh, the DVD for The Mist, there's this whole documentary about the guys who designed the... Uh, the thingies? Yeah. The thingies. Wow. And you get to see big stills and like... Clo- and even knowing it's just a big plastic thing. Like they have a model of one of the uh, things. Uh-huh. And they set it on the table. The guy's like, well, here's a model of one of the blah, blah, blahs. And he sets it on the table. And it's obviously plastic. It's like, you know, cast out of rubber or whatever. But you're looking at it, you're still going like, I'm getting chills. I'm just thinking, I'm getting chills thinking about a plastic model that I saw in a documentary about the making of a fake movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, oh, and uh. I just Googled image, like, mist creatures. Oh, uh, don't, you don't want to do that. No, no, I don't know why. Why are you doing this to yourself, I have Sarah? no idea. That's God's handiwork. <laughs> and now it won't close. More why proof that close? he hates you. All right. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right. Oh. All right. We know what's causing these accidents. They'll come for you. They'll come tonight. And when they do, you will cry to God. You'll be on your knees to me before this is through. Waiting for the uh, the money line. Oh my God! Stop being in the mess! Shut the doors! Shut go. the doors! My God! All right, I think I missed it. I oh, you need to back me to play the whole thing. That was totally creepy. I don't think... Oh, well, I can play it again if you later if you like. Yeah. Let's play it over and over. Hi, uh, Dennis Pitsenbarger, Miles Around. Hello, sir. How are you? Not too bad. How are you doing today? I am uh, I am rolling, brother. I uh, I have not had a chance to come in the studio since the shirt has been displayed. How great is this Obama shirt? Um, It reminds me of something along the lines of an acid trip I had in 1987. It is so great. So you can see this picture, by the way, at SarahXDillon.com. Uh, two shots of me holding this Obama shirt. So here's the deal. We were I just at... love the big gold uh, finger ring, too. Yeah. With the, Yo, what's up? And the, and the flames in the background. So we're walking along. I like the bedazzled crown. That it, is my favorite. It, right it is here. quite literally bedazzled. Oh, it is bedazzled. And then this glitter, which is like cheap ass and comes off. But the bedazzling is great. So we're walking along Fremont Street, and there's a kiosk. And I got, I should have taken a picture of some of the other shirts he was selling. He was selling this one where it was Benjamin Franklin, but like as, as, like, as like a pimp. <laughs> so it's like Benjamin Franklin, but he's doing like kind of the wide, you know, like the wide-legged, like, cross-arm stance. The buffalo stance. And then, yeah, the, the, and then, but but then, like, with um, Benjamins, you know, the $100 bills, like, raining all around him, and they're bedazzled as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one that was, like, a, there was, like, the obligatory stop snitching clothing, but then there was one that was, like, 
it was like a pimpol. It was like, it was like a fake degree, but it was like pimpology 101, and then it had like the curriculum written, and it was like keeping pimp hands strong, like, like you know, like you know, you know, whatever. It was just when slapping making hoe. that dollar. Yeah, yeah. When uh, slapping hoe, use back of hand. <laughs> so it was all very exciting. Uh, hey, so uh, so Big Jim was that last week first show? I have to admit that I, I was in Vegas, so I missed it. But uh, uh, well, it wasn't the first show. He kind of came in and sat with us. But now, yeah, that was the official show last weekend. It was a it was a good time. You know, we we kind of bounce off each other pretty well. He's. He's extraordinarily funny, but he really wants to know the car, you know about the car biz and what's going on. Now, does he? Know, is he a car guy? He is a car fan. Okay. Um, he rides the bus, but he is a car fan. So we're <laughs> we're going to work on that. I actually part of his uh, quote unquote signing bonus yeah. uh, was that I was going to get him a van to drive to a van. Work. You're all heart, Dennis. <laughs> so I found you uh, really know how to take care of people. Well, you know, uh, the, I don't see anybody else buying him a vehicle. So uh, the thing <laughs> like you're is, driving a two hundred eighty thousand uh, dollar Lamborghini or Ferrari or Whatever, and you're just, here, Jim, have a van. Uh, it was, well, it was down by the river. It One word, Econoline. Actually, that's what I found him was a black Econoline van. Dude. And uh, so I'm going to buy him uh, this big old black van, and so we'll put like a big sticker of him on the side of it, smiling. Maybe something along the lines. You should get someone to do some super red caricature of his face, like doing a thumbs up on the side of it. Oh, I want to do like a full-on vinyl wrap on the vehicle. I was thinking somewhere between the lines of the A-Team van and the van down by the river. Now, why don't you just pay to have the A-Team van replicated? You know, they're making that movie. Uh, I know. I actually did. How much that. could it cost to have the V18 van duplicated? All it's just about. The only difficult thing is that weird spoiler thing in the back. Why? Well, that's fiberglass. I can. What the hell is that thing on the 18 van? It's just a spoiler. It was just you know on the think of the. It was just there to catch your attention. Well, sure. I mean, it was like you know. I mean, as much as that spoiler was the van was the pompadour or uh, what do you call it fedora hat that face wore. I mean, it was just part of his motif. You know, the weird thing about the A team is, for a bunch of guys who wanted to be inconspicuous, I mean, they're driving that van. Which even now, like 25 years later, I can recall exactly from memory. And of course, B. A. Baracus, who looks like—I uh, mean, he looks like some weird Mister Universe drag queen, uh, you know, guy. So I mean, it's just the weirdest thing when you think about it. Well, uh, you know, the funny part that you know, the thing that always bothers only one thing about the A. Tim that ever bothered me was the fact that they would—they would pop off about 500 rounds an episode. Not one person got shot. No. Maybe your occasional, like, light wound, a flesh wound only type of thing. But, I mean, 500 rounds and not one person gets splattered. The, I mean, the really on. great thing about that was that how you could always tell the bad guys because they had a sport coat on. Yes. If a guy had a sport coat, he, was, he wasn't the main bad guy. The main bad guy often had a suit. But the thug, the, the lackey. Always had a sport, a bad 80s sport, a blazer. Yes. Uh, that was how you could always... I also remember this... I think this is may, this may have been when MacGyver was on the air, and they were trying to get a little bit of that uh, MacGyver love, because there was an episode where the A-Team guys were locked in a storage room or a closet or a bedroom or something, and they actually, I swear to you, made a machine gun out of, like, a bed frame, and the machine gun fired buttons. They nice. took all the buttons off the mattresses, and the machine gun fired buttons. So uh, that's all I remember about that. There was another one where they actually had, they made rockets out of old acetylene tanks, and then they would set them up in the tubes, and then B.A. Baracus would come up with a sledgehammer, knock the end of them off. They would fire. And then, of course, being an A-Team fan to some degree, I'm sure you are, every single vehicle in there but the A-Team van would explode. Explode and flip <clears> over <throat> with the uh, the obligatory, the, like, the mannequins flying out. So, and, <laughs> and, you, and you never... And, and then, like, wake up dusting themselves off. Exactly. Because, you know, oh, I'm a... You know, and then, of course, they would shoot all around the guys of course. and just give up instantaneously. Completely. I am looking forward to that movie. I don't know. Have you heard any rumors about who's going to play who in that? Can I just tell you I don't care? Really? 
I mean, maybe I've heard rumors and just haven't remembered them. I, I guess I'm just giving up to the fact that our, our childhood, as we discussed... It's over. It really is over. I don't mean to be a big buzzkill. I'm, real, I'm real not. I want to be all turn all serious at the end, but it's like I'm done with it. Yeah. I, I have... I've, maybe it'll be great and I'll go see it, but you know what? For me, it's like I have... Clearly, I haven't moved on because I can't, you know, because I'm talking about, and because, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I, there was a time when I was really excited that they were going to be taking some of those properties and making them into great films, and I think the Transformers really was the final nail in that coffin for me. You know there's a second one that's already slated to Oh, be dude, made. well, that G.I. Joe thing, I already saw stills coming out for the G.I. Joe film, uh. and it's, it's not that I, I don't still love, uh, as they say in Hollywood, the property of G.I. Joe, just like I recognize the A-Team as being sort of great dumb comedy, and, uh, you know, and, and but it's... The, the thing is, they get it right just often enough that it, it, that it, they drag you along for all of the failures. So, like, for every... Like, I'm hoping Indiana Jones is going to be good. Although, did you see that Lucas said the other... And you know, it's, you're, you know you're in trouble when George Lucas is saying this. Lucas said the other day in USA Today, lower your expectations. <gasps> he said that? When George Lucas <laughs> is telling you to lower your expectations. And are we seeing something along the lines of Star Wars The Phantom Menace? Yeah, I just... It's so... The, the part of my life when I really allow myself to be really excited about this stuff, that is over. It is over, but again... Battlestar Galactica being the best example, they get it right just off. It's like a slot machine that pays off one out of every six pulls. If it paid off all the time, you know, whatever, you get bored. If it paid off never, you'd be like, F this. It's that it pays off one out of every 12 pulls. That's what keeps you playing. The occasional Battlestar Galactica is what makes me suffer through Transformers. That's yeah. the thing. But in my head... I have moved past the point where I believe they're going to be good. Uh, I really have accepted they're all going to be crap. The, the nail in my youth coffin was these, the actual trailer I saw from Speed Racer. That was the one that just sealed it. I might as well stop. Yeah. Well, not that I'm dying my hair, but I know that's a couple years down the road. But that was the nail in my youth coffin. Well, it's like and Will Ferrell, who I do like, is, is remaking Land of the Lost. And uh, now it, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it sucks. And uh, we're gonna have to we're at the break here in just a second. But I I would love it. I know it'll never happen. I would love it if they would make out a full on serious, flat out great adventure filled Land of the Lost movie. But it's but they're not. They're gonna do the safe thing and make it like a dumb, wacky, self referential comedy. I just, is there uh, is there anything in your head right now that you could think of that could actually be a good movie? Somewhere down the future that hasn't already been You mean raped. a property that they haven't mortgaged from my childhood? Yeah, something that hasn't been raped and pillaged for ideas. No. I maybe. I mean I, I can't think of anything left. No. I mean, I, I mean Sarah, I don't know, you you've talked about uh, what is it, strawberry shortcake and all these things that come from your... I mean, is there anything you can think of? My little... I mean, I'm waiting for a My Little Well, pony. she's still waiting for Jim. They'll come back and they'll hoard yeah. him out at some point. And That's Miley Cyrus is going to star in it, you know. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Excuse me, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, but you know it's true. You instinctively know it's true. Genius. All right, back after this with Dennis Pitsenbarger. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I made the mistake of bumping one of these lights. Now there's Tim's Invisible Bats are everywhere. I thought you do that when you hit your uh, microphone, microphone. too. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Okay, you have to look something up then. Okay. You have to Google um, camel spiders. Oh, no. You've seen those? Don't don't try and... No, I didn't know if you were going to tip it off. No, no, no. I'm not. They're called spiders. I'm not tricking you. I just didn't want Dennis to give it away. You hadn't seen them. Yeah, the perspective one, right? Yeah, the one where it's like the fake ass. Yeah. That's the other one that was on Snopes. They're like, and they scream at you. Did you find out if that was true with the ants? That the ants, uh... You know, I can't find it for sure. Ants scream at you? See, that's what I'm saying. Doesn't it just sound like a thing that shouldn't exist, but might? 
That camel spider is so creepy. Okay, then, then, then see, can I tell you the thing with the camel spider photo? Ah, okay, so you have already seen this. So I can't spring it on you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't initially know, that, of course, that it was fake. Like somebody, they're like, check out these spiders. And I'm like, uh, all right. And I open it, and I think I literally was like, ah! at my desk. I mean, I, I think I, and I did your thing of holding one hand up and trying to close the window with yeah, like one eye because I didn't want to see it again. I was, But then I eventually forced myself to go look it up online, trying to desensitize myself, and then I realized it was fake. And I was never happier in my life to discover that something was fake. All right. Uh, Dennis Pittenbarger, miles around this weekend. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on around the city as well. There's actually a really cool, if you're into hybrids and what is the future of propulsion in the world of uh, automobiles, there's a highway to the future down at this Toyota event down at OMSI, excuse me, at the home show. And late night drags are a PIR. And there's a really cool uh, motorcycle, the FMCC, the Flying 15 Motorcycle Club down at uh, Kelly's Olympian. There's a really cool rally. Last year, I believe there was about 300 bikes down there. So it's kind of, not only is Kelly's Olympian a cool place to be, uh, but there's a really cool motorcycle rally down there. Then we'll be at the showdown at the West up at Clark County Event Center with the two Miss Nude Oregons and the Playmate of the Year. And as you can imagine, uh, I had a very uh, in-depth and lengthy conversation with my wife about my involvement with that show. I'm sure she's really happy with it. Oh, yeah, she's, uh, she's ecstatic. Um, it's, uh, it went over like a fart in church. Let's just put it that way. That's the worst thing you've ever said. He's Dennis Pitsenbarger. You can hear him. And he's him all class. <laughs> Saturdays, 9 to 11. All right, how long do we have here? I have about 40 seconds. All right. Final call of the day. Please don't be terrible. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, everybody. What's up? Uh, how would you compare the mist and the descent? Because I saw the descent. You were talking about it. Called you up and asked you about it. Did you see the American one or the Brit? Uh, which I, ending? I, I saw the original one that left me staring at the TV when yeah. it was all done, and I just whispered to myself, F you, Rick Emerson. Yeah. That just left you empty and hollow inside. Does the mist kind of have that same kind worse. of... I like the descent, but the mist is worse. It's so much worse. Worse. I would. It, look, it, it takes it to a level to where you can't even believe the way that you're that you're watching yeah. what's happening. It's, I would say the mist is... Don't get me wrong. Descent's a fine film. Uh, the mist far like out... Movie a lot. Yeah, the descent is a great film. Uh, the, dis, the mist outstrips it in every way. The, hor the, the horror version of Two Girls, One Cup? Yes. Well done. <laughs> yes. Th thank you, sir. Right Enjoy. That Thanks answered, so. Bye. That All answered right. my question about whether it was good or bad right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to thank CNN Radio correspondents uh, Bob, uh, Bob Costantini and Steve Kastenbaum have joined us today, as well as uh, Dennis Pitsenbarger. Miles around 9 to 11, immediately preceded by Carnival Driver Radio, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Scott Dowdy from Film Fever Radio and Chris Sneven from OnTheVig.com. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley and the phone's Richard Bristol. The gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Like us next. Like us 101 at 5. Donna Mike at 7. See you for the recap at 10. And uh, tomorrow live at 11. I regret nothing. I'm huge. Watch out for spiders. And bye now. Come on, Jim.